0: G'day, guys. How are we all? It is the coach, and we are talking luminous realm lords. I am here with uh, my tag team partner from Adepticon, but overall elf extraordinaire. He's look at that. He's even gone to the to the lengths of putting his battle tome up or his art picture. I hope it's not the battle tome because we might need this because we are talking luminous realm lords. Oh, I'll, I'll just pick it up. Oh, look at your fancy pants. Uh, But Martin was my tag team partner at Adepticon. He was playing Stormcast. There was no Lumineth at the time. But I know you are a massive elf player. And I wanted to do this show with you, Martin. One, because I know you're an absolute massive um, uh, Lumineth player. But two, when we very first did this show, um, the Lumineth was in a really weird place. Lumineth Realm Lords had that half release. We got the box set. The battle tome was locked in the special box. Nobody had the ba- battle tome unless you bought the box. We only really had three, four units, kind of. It was a very restricted range at the time. And then we got this big release later on. And there's a lot of theory crafting, a lot of people speculating what this might look like. Not a lot of practicing, a lot of proxying. And we did re- two really good shows, I thought. One with Hayden Walker. One with Liam. Liam, I think, was the the battle cattle b- build. Hayden was more of the the elf and, and techless or non-techless build. And it was a lot of theory crafting, a lot of proxying, but, you know, you've had over 20 to 30 games now. So I thought it was kind of nice to revisit to say now that we've had an FAQ, now we've had practice, now models are on the table, what does luminous Railboards look like, and what have you learned over your time? But Martin, absolute great painter. Uh, actually, you were on the show as well when we did uh, the we did our, uh, our armies on parade display board show. So people yes. should know who Martin Orlando is by now
1: for to at home. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So so it's it's been fun. Um, I think people started um, when Age of Sigmar really started taking off, like in twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. Um, people who were aware of me, like on my like small soapbox in the Northeast, talking about talking about the game, uh, were like, "Oh, Marty's the Stormcast guy." I was even coined uh, "Good Painter Stormcast Man" by Heywood Twitch himself. Um, and I, I was I was just waiting. Um, I, I like to say that Stormcast was a great vacation home for my imagination. And now now that we have um, this the successor to High Elves back, I am all in. I am, I am more in on it than, than, than I think people could have imagined. And I have big plans for, for 2021 regarding that army. Uh, so what, what drew you to Lurinette? Maybe uh, that might be a good starting
0: point, given that for me, you're a bunch of fancy pants elves. Uh, I never liked the high elves back in the day. You're all too snooty for my empire. Uh, but And then you guys c- come about with your big jerk face tech lists. But uh you're absolutely very really passionate about it. I probably shouldn't call him a jerk face. I probably annoyed a lot of my followers uh, or maybe have laughed. But what drew you to them? What what drew <laughs> yeah. you to the to the mm-hmm. lumineth? and uh yeah. what drew you to them without
1: Tyrion? Um so I uh I think I was I I only collected one army of War, Warhammer Fantasy. I started Warhammer Fantasy about 10 years ago. Um, and that was before, uh, before, that I had like, when I was in school, like grade school, It was in 40 K and Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings is where I got my start. So, um, I, 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 can't speak for, for every high elf fan, but I think a lot of high elf fans got their start with enjoying, um, how they're depicted in the Lord of the Rings films. Um, and there's a lot of similarities that can be found in, in, um, how they're depicted in Warhammer. And that that's not for everyone. As, as I I've said on other shows, um, people can take one look at them and just just understand right away. It's like, that's, that's not for me. Um, so I really like the, the, the elegance, the, the culture. Um, there's probably something there in terms of personality wise, where, where they, they try and save the world in the most pat- patronizing fashion possible. Um, and I, I, I think that's a little bit hilarious, but also, but also um, uh, quite, quite uh, what what's the word I'm thinking of quintessential there we go to, to how to how, they, to how they behave and so i thought when the old world kind of blew up um that that they were kind of walking away from from elves in general and when they created deep kin and they really emphasize like daughters of king not only are we um making them their own thing from the rest of dark elves but we're we're, we're making marathia it's like we're all about what's not the good guy elves and i was yeah, like man. i was ready to be okay with that and so I stuck with Stormcast and stuff for a while, uh, but then Tecla showed up in Forbidden Power, and then we got all of all of these cool things. So why no Tyrion? Um, I always liked the Techless sort of side a little more. Um, I I will gladly take when when all of the Elves are out and whole, and we have like this this feeling of um, both the sun and the moon together. Uh, that'll that'll be a, t- a true solar eclipse army. Uh, I, do, I do like the elemental yeah.
0: side. I'm hoping that between all the elements you summon, Captain Power, uh, yeah. Captain Planet, Captain Planet, Captain Who's Captain Power, Captain, Captain. Power. That sounds like um, some true. dodgy marketing s- to for cereal. Mm-hmm. But you've got your quintessential elves, and I think for me that's where i really like that they've taken what i like as elves i'm a very traditionalist i'm um i do like my lord of the rings i do like my traditional fantasy um that's just something that i really enjoy and i do like that with lumineth they have tapped into what was quintessential elves uh, or my perception of at least the high elves um while being able to really expand upon the range, being able to tap in and use you know the little bit of Warhammer imagination other than just what came from tokens world. So yeah. um, and, for me, um, for me uh, I think that's it's a really cool range.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it uh, uh, my my local game store is a comic book shop um, in uh, south of Philadelphia, and it's owned by a guy who um, owns a big forty k gaming club and he's been running GTs for for decades. He's been in warhammer probably since probably before i was born and he said um he saw a lot of the hubbub online when it's like well hi elves and also cows and he said how different can they really be if at the, at the launch of these new these new elves we have spearmen archers and silver helms as the main battle line options which i which i thought was was uh, quite fun and silver, it, it's still
0: the thing you're doing
1: yes yes this um we might we might be lacking on certain things, which I'm sure will be filled out in time because that's what Kim's workshop likes to do. Leave uh, leave you wanting more and giving you clues on where they can go in any number of directions and then making that left turn at precisely the right time and say, ha, you thought it was this, but actually it's this thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with with where they are right now. So I wanted to bring up
0: something that, um, you know, when we got talking, uh, folks, when Martin and I were chatting about, you know, revisiting Lumineth, he was like, well, I've, I've, I've made this amazing documentary. He didn't call it amazing. I called it amazing. And um, he started documenting some of his games and his battles. And while we're not kind of going to do a battle battle review of, you know, every sing- single battle, it's been interesting to kind of see uh, and maybe we'll just kind of talk through about maybe but like what's some of the things that you've learnt uh, I can see that you know your local meta. I know it's. I know you know during COVID we probably haven't had the opportunity to go to any grand tournaments, no Novas, no Cancons, no those types of big events. So I think we're we're kind of restricted to our local community and who we can who we can play against. But I'm noticing here, you know, a couple of quick things. You know, you've got quite a div- diverse kind of range of you know you've played uh, Legions of Nagash, Beasts of Chaos, uh, Bone Reapers, Legion of Asgore, Skaven, Zench fair corn you know you've really done the gambit mostly and you know you've had a lot of success you know uh while you haven't played i think when we went to the the i guess the meta or like who you're playing you know you are playing a lot of chaos a lot of death probably not as much order but but like what's your what's your take so far just and obviously we're going to go through some lists guys we're going to go through two yeah. different lists uh that martin's built from two different um what's your little fancy pants temples called great nations yeah. um yeah yeah i was gonna temples chambers uh tribes but you know we have got two lists we're going to break down this a little bit further depth. but like from your experience so far, you know having a quite a high win percentage, getting to play against a lot of armies, even playing Sons of Behemoth. Uh, nice to see you got a loss there. Like, what's your experience? What, what have you learned so far between the initial math
1: hammering, theory hammering that we all did when we got first got the battle to Um, So I think it should. Um, I only started um, cataloguing my games in this fashion at the uh, direction of someone I would I would call a gaming coach. Um, uh, separate from you, you, sir, who is the the, the quintessential AOS coach. Maybe, um,
0: maybe that's the way I diverse, diversify the channel. Maybe I become the gaming coach,
1: like a Dungeons &
0: Dragons DM, but I like GM. Sorry, I hijacked. What's, what's, what have you learned?
1: Yeah. Um, so this, this was more about me trying to get more consistent with my games because I walked away specifically from how I performed <clears throat> with the past three or four GTs, playing Stormcast and Legions of Nagash, Um, confident going in and then not confident leaving the event. So it's like, um, the next time I go to an event, regardless of what list I bring for Lumineth, I'd like to uh, feel like I understand what outcomes to expect out of those given games. Um, So for Lumineth, I would say, um, as observations um, over like testing a few lists, decisions really start at list building for them, like uh, picking your great nation, as we'll talk later, um, really dictates what sort of choices you want to make. It's not like um, you build the list first and then find the uh, the stormhost or temple that will help you do better with those selection of models. It's kind of the opposite. You pick your great nation and that will help you then build your list. Um, another thing to note is that this is definitely a control army. It, you will, You will need to probably play five turns Unless you are getting shut out early, which is unfortunate, but if you want to win, you're probably going to need to you're you're going to need to be at the table all five turns and um, just making sure that every move counts all the way to the end. Um, especially uh, for certain scenarios where it's like um, uh, where you score more points the later in the game you are. Uh, I think a hot button issue, which is going to be talked about because we're still, as of recording, waiting for the winter FAQ uh sentinels um people are asking who may have not um had as much experience if they just look at the war scroll um just like on its face because you don't really need allegiance abilities for that war scroll to be very powerful um people are saying these are should be worth more points not knowing that they don't do as much um to impact the battlefield as people might think uh, they are a scalpel. They are not um, the, these these romantic ideas of elven volley fire, like we see in the movies, like in Lord of the Rings or um, even in old high elves. I was gonna say, if you're in the UK
0: as well. It seems like the UK seems to have a weird meta where they like to take eight, eighty
1: shooty elves, from what I've seen. Um, I believe that was one tournament in France because France managed to fit in some sort of event. Um, that's one.
0: That's one too many. That's a lot of. That's a lot of bowmen. <laughs>
1: yeah um and i would like to say i wonder how that does versus any number of lists which i might see in in like on the east coast of the united states which would just make that sort of decision a non-starter uh so hopefully there won't be a points increase to to um sentinels i think that's a, a a bad decision it's not my decision to make so i'm just hoping for the best um and i would say uh uh Dawn Riders are also in that scalpel category. There's a lot of scalpels in this army. You do have a toolbox in your spells. In in all of the options you can, um, in all of the choices you can make during your turn, it does come down to um, using the scalpels at your uh, disposal to the best of your ability. Uh, Stone Guard, which is everyone considers like, uh, is there a hammer unit in this army? There is literally a hammer unit in this army, but they don't hit all that much better than your spearmen if you use your spearman correctly so um uh this this is basically an army of scalpels and tanks because they can tank well and they can do a lot of precise damage well um and just to close out my uh, opening thoughts um i would like to quote uh, tony moore from uh an interview he did with face hammer uh playing with the same book forever only mitigates how hard you, um how you lose your bad matchups so um he, he has this mentality, and I think, I think I understand where he's coming from, where um, if you really want to do well at an event, you should be playing more than just your one army. So you can understand how all of the armies work at, like, basically at the same time. Um, but if you're doing what I'm doing, because I only really want to play this army, it may help me get more consistent down the road. Um, but what's most important is that it's going to help me when, I, when I'm facing an uphill battle, I know what to do. Uh, maybe not lose as badly, or even win those bad matchups.
0: They, they are an interesting army. When when I've played, I played a few game against them. I've got to play techless, no techless. I've got, I haven't played a battle cattle yet. I was really excited to get my Gargans in the face of the um, the the, the, the beaver of secrets, or the battle cattle, or whatever you want to call um, the, the 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 stone mountain. Um, and yeah. They are, a, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call them a slow movement, but they're certainly a five-round um, uh, type of army. And when I've beaten them, it's when I've got, been able to really do some serious damage early on and denied them the late game. And that, that, for me, as the opposition, is what I've been trying to do. The The longer I'm in this game with them, the 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 better they get so i need to really kind of maximize that and probably one other thing that i probably noticed is that it's probably the army that requires the most focus on formation than any other army you know other armies you could be loose you could be scattered you can string you can do a whole bunch of weird little tactics to to zone but for you guys it's very much about formation been about certain shapes really thinking about where your models are almost like a traditional warhammer fantasy block of models uh you're not restricted to that kind of form, rank and flank formation but you are rewarded for uh being in certain formations which can be a positive but also can also be a hamstrung to go well when do i break formation and and what am i trading off uh for doing so because you do get some really cool benefits obviously uh by staying in formation
1: yeah um i will say that um the formation rule um i don't know if we want to talk um wait until we're really getting into the 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 brass tacks of 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 like the certain things but um well, let's talk now let, let, let's yeah. transition
0: to that now let's actually go to into yeah. so let's assume uh, because we will talk about your two lists uh, but yeah. let's imagine someone here is has gotten the box for the first time they got it for christmas uh, they're picking it up and they've missed the initial hype uh, as martin has alluded to as well Uh, we haven't got the winter faq so we don't know if any additional rules are coming in we don't know if points adjustments are coming in this is more about the theory and putting it into practice so that if you want to run 80 archers cool go do 80 archers or sentinels or wardens but if you want to run all the dawn riders in the world run all the dawn riders but it's like how is a a player now with over 20 to 30 games of experience looking at the rules looking at the great nations looking at the spells the artifacts the combinations and Season to taste. Build it for the players pack that's coming up because each tournament's different. Um, you, everyone has a favorite whether it's techless or no techless. It's about the theory behind it. So we'll kind of yeah, yeah. let's let's talk about that.
1: Okay. Um. So what page are we going to look at first?
0: Uh, we can talk. Let's talk general rules. Let Let's go. Let's okay. segue into the general rules. So okay. I've got the general rules here that um by going lumineth realm lords you are going to get a whole bunch of things and. Maybe the first one is is the Aether Quartz. So it's the funny. Aether Quartz is that that, um, that resource that's going to be, you know, for anyone, I, I can't imagine too many people coming over from KO into Luminef. So this might be a new resource or resource management they're not used to uh, outside of a command point. Yeah. so with your aether quartz you get uh each unit in the unit uh, each unit in lumineth realm lord's army starts the battle with one aether quartz reserve once per phase they can say that one unit will use its aether quartz reserve uh to use one of the following aether quartz reserve abilities however if you do so subtract one from the unit's bravery characteristic for the rest of the battle yes there is a way to mitigate that yes there is a way to do thing but just know at the moment, minus one bravery should you use your Aether Quartz? So talk to me about maybe how you, uh, you yeah. manage these resources. Are there some ideas that you have, maybe some of the reserves that are better than others? Like what goes through your mind when you yeah. see
1: this? Um, so it's uh, it's an interesting sort of mechanic um, in that uh, your army is probably not going to use the, too many command points, depending on how you build uh, your, your your sort of setup. Um, instead, this is prob- probably the... I don't want to say one of the most important things. I think the, the spells and which spells you use are more important, but uh, the the quartz definitely uh, knowing when to use it and what to use it on uh, is is pretty critical um, because of the the bonuses you have. Now, not all of these matter. Some of them matter more than others. Uh, so you universally have uh, the the heightened reflexes, which is one um, to save rolls. You um, can add one to hit. Um, you can, um, if I recall, these are the ones who probably don't use this. Plus, plus one a cast. Or, the,
0: or the reroll to cast.
1: Yes, reroll to cast. Yeah. Or um, there's
0: the cast the extra spell that, that that's the yeah. four eighth of course yeah. reserves. So that yes. I should I should put a, I I said yeah. four with with three fingers mm-hmm. up, that's
1: fine. <laughs> um, so so the the main takeaway is that you have the ability to give normally not so tough elves the ability to have plus one save, um, which will come in very handy at the expense of you can only do it once and you can only do it once per phase so um it is it is a nice little fail safe um if you're if you need need something to just take hits survive that round of combat in some cases just survive one one um one volley of attacks from a particular thing and then once that's done and you've mitigated the amount of casualties you can take you can crack back and do preferably massive damage back to whatever just, uh, did your attacks against you. Um, plus one to hit is I think probably the most situational out of all of these. It's, it's hard to say um, because what? it depends. Why, Why is that? Um, so plus one to hit is fun in an army which predominantly does its hits, uh, most of its damage through the sun metal weapons which is the mortal wound sort of power on all of the war scrolls. And those are unmodified dice rolls so giving yourself plus one to hit um on mostly damage one attacks wardens uh sentinels uh dawn riders um dawn riders only get extra attacks um extra to wound and extra rend they only they they always stay at damage one um so it's it's very it's very situational indeed when you want to take advantage of uh plus one to hit in this army you can i've i've done it before when I want to make sure, like, uh, it, it might actually be as useful uh, on Dawn Riders when you're charging into a big horde unit and you just want to maximize the amount of attacks that are landing.
0: And they, um, a, a lot of your guys are already hitting on threes. When I'm looking at a lot of these profiles, there are a lot of consistent threes.
1: So um, yeah. for me,
0: like, when I think of plus one, yeah, it's it's an interesting
1: one. Yeah, and, and and the the other thing to remember is that uh, because these these pieces of candy um, are one use only per unit, if you're if you're blowing it on the plus one to hit, you know that you're not going to have the ability to take advantage of it at any other point. If you want them to to do the the uh, plus one to save or something like that, with, or with magic, and so I say dawn riders again. If you're charging them into a big horde unit and you want to kill as many as possible, and know that no matter what, they're probably going to die in the backswing. That might be a time to make sure that they get as much damage out of that 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 unit as possible, um, and then into the magic ones. Uh, the plus one to ca- plus one to cast. Um, if you're taking uh, between Heishi and Twinstones, uh, Teclas and his bubble, uh, giving plus one to cast, um, or Zytrek, which is a universal plus one to cast for the first spell. Um, this feels a little bit overkill. Uh, I'm not sure like th- this is this is a good one to take advantage of uh in other on- in other chapter tactics like Iliatha or Eumetrica uh, where you might not
0: I know have a- one thing is um people are wondering about is uh is Techless a trap and i think there's been a lot of discussion on is teclas worth his points
1: yeah um uh spoiler alert i am not sure but we'll talk about that later
0: <laughs> draw,
1: you need to draw a line in the sand. You need to tell me yeah. the Martin Orlando is I, Techless currently a trap? Oh God! Um, so I have a universal rule, and this this rule is not my rule, but it's been baked into me by the people who taught me fantasy back in the day, and still know how to. And they and they play AOS better than me, and they barely read the books. Um, if you have anything in your army that is worth over three hundred points, if it is if it is three um, if it is two ninety nine or less. Um, you're probably fine. But if there's 300 or more, you better have an absolutely damn good reason why it's in your army. Um, and there are a few reasons, I think, out there to ever justify something like that, um, at least as far as I understand it. So uh, by that definition, I would say Techless is probably a trap. Okay. But I, I really, like, yeah, it's it's tough with support pieces like him. Because he's not going to be in combat. He's not going to make his points back um, by killing anything he's in combat with, which is how a majority of the damage is done in this game. Uh, so, but on the other hand, his, and I think this is just speaking to how Luminef behave overall, the technado, the thing that, that everyone's like going about, like, oh, it's this big thing. Uh, tech NATO, I don't think does as much damage. It doesn't. I'm sorry. It does a lot of damage. It doesn't do enough to to help maintain board control for the army, because he's already so many points in not bodies. So if I if I have to if I have to get off the fence and pick a side, it's probably that he's a trap. Yeah. Even though, look, yeah, it's um, mm-hmm.
0: your, with with Techless, I think the challenge is that people are choosing him and they don't quite know why they're choosing him. Obviously, one, it's it's an amazing model, um, but what does it bring into the army and can other parts of your army do it better and or do you need it? And I think when we get into your list, we'll kind of go through some of your thinking right now. It's not to say that techless is a bad model, don't take techless, but I think when you start investing – I I would I would say maybe 300 is probably maybe a bit too small, but I think certainly when we start getting into the 400s, the 500 ranges, you really need to start asking the question: What does Archeon, Alerial, Morathi, these very big? Even like when I look at my Gargant army and I'm spending up to 500 points for a Mega Gargant, um, how how do I best make this army? And is it better doing lots of small units, do I put lots of large units? I think that's a, a question that anyone, any army can be thinking about. And
1: yeah. Um, and th- and it's also the question of is, is the roster like of, of what supports Teclis, like the limited roster of what Lewinev have at this time, bringing him down. And is Teclis only going to get better with the more tools that become available to the army where it's like, cause um, a, I, I think a good example to think about right now is Nagash. Um, and that Nagash um was made all the more potent when you had um even forget night haunt but like they say the 90 skeletons or something like that where you can you can have the rest of the army um is made all of the more terrifying and capable of doing the stuff that he's not doing um you you, you get what i'm saying like 100 yeah, yeah, percent whereas tech- no.
0: yeah,
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: uh uh sorry no, that's fine. No, like, I was just shooting just shooting a private message about your audio. I, I'm yeah. not sure if I'm getting a reverb um, from me speaking. I, I get a little pick up there. But, uh, look, I don't, I don't want to harp too much on Techless. The meta, uh, you know, if you are playing in a meta where you have a lot of spell casting, whether it's a Nagash, whether it's Lord Croak, uh, whether you have a Zench army, um, it might be something you're thinking about if you aren't playing in a magic heavy army or you don't have a lot of magic damage potential or controlling the magic phase is not important to you or your structure. I think for me, generally techless yeah. is probably too many points at the moment. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, techless tangent aside, um, we are rounding out Aether Quartz with magical insight, which is, which is pretty useful Um, where you have the ability. I'm sorry. I'm at uh, you can attempt to cast one extra spell in that phase um it should be noted that this is not uh re-rolling uh failed casts so you can't just say uh-oh um i uh failed to cast that 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 spell that needs an eight i'm gonna use this eighth of courts to try and cast it again you can't do that uh so uh i think th- this does have it have its uses I was originally using Chronomatic Cogs, as uh, we'll talk about in the earlier list, where I was using Cogs to try and get people to cast additional spells. Um, whereas I think this is, uh, th- this this takes its place nicely, so you don't have to spend those 60 points just to slow down time. Uh, the jury's still being out on if uh, Chromatic Cogs is as scary as people think with the rerolls and everything uh, for saves and stuff uh but yeah i think i think aether-, aether quartz is definitely something to keep in mind and uh, it definitely follows the theme of long-term thinking you're always engaging in long-term thinking with this army um do i want to use my aether quartz uh now versus later do i want to use the aether quartz this unit versus the next one uh and uh getting to mitigating the uh downside where it's like well if i if i subtract bravery for the rest of the game uh there is a war scroll the, the weirdest thing here is there is a war scroll rule for the sonari cathalar, it should be on her war scroll it is not It's part of the allegiance abilities it's here yeah uh but anyway uh so, so-, so with,
0: with the other rules you've got you know absorb despair you've got lightning reflexes shining company uh adjuring as rock and teutonic force when you look at all these different additional rules that you're kind of going to get from being Lumineth, uh or even the Great Nation, uh, are, are they all important to you right now? Obviously, some are uh, are going to be more important if you go down a battle cattle route. Some are going to be more important if you're going down uh, more of the elf kind of field. But like when you look at the other rules, are they all important to you when you're when you list building or how do you look at each of them or like
1: what, what stands out? Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, I would say the most important rules to look at um, and remember. So especially if you're a beginner, remember that um, you get to choose two units to fight. That's the the I forget what the rule is named, but there's there's a universal rule that when you pick a unit to fight with Lumineth, you you get to activate two units instead of one, which is um, that's that's just that will if you remember to do that properly and you um, organize what what charges what that that will definitely change, change the outcome of games. Um, but aside from that, I think the the Great Nations sort of chapter tactics. Um, can I just address something that's in the comments with like an FAQ question? Sure. sure. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so um, what Mith- Mithlinthar is getting on is part of the thing that I sent to uh, Games Workshop, the, the Venari sort of thing. Basically Games Workshop, uh, I don't want to say Games Workshop. When they were writing the rules for Lumineth, uh, Vinari kind of don't function the way that the game is intended in that they give a keyword to a single model in a unit instead of applying the keyword to the unit. So and it's then, the unit champion we're talking about. Correct. And that, that creates these cascading uh, conflicts, not only within the book, but across different books, including like with Giants or like Gordrag. Um, can I, um, if you can't you models in a unit, um, target uh Units you can't target single models in a unit, so that gets just into all sorts of questions. So the thing is, can I use this one-eighth of a quarts ability? Um, because um, you, uh, wizards may do it, but the so the answer is we don't know because yeah. uh, it's it's just there there is no real concrete answer on how you can resolve that. I would just say work it out with your opponent, uh, try and figure out what the most common sense hassle free ways, and just keep on playing because that's what we want to do at the end of the day. We just want to keep playing Warhammer
0: and if you if you're going to a tournament you just want to make sure that you speak to the tournament organizer to find out how they're ruling that rule not everything is clear guys not everything is easy i know as a gargant player there's a lot of question with some of the ways that uh, we interact with our battle plans and the ways we score so i think the easiest way with any confusion is just to talk it over with your opponent roll the dice if you have to or if you're going to a more structured event like a store event or a tournament just have a chat until the FAQ comes out. This army's been out now for what six months?
1: Yeah, um, barely. So, we
0: ha- so it could it could come literally any minute now. It might not come. Um, so don't don't get bogged yeah. down
1: on something like this. Um, and Vinci, I will answer your question later on when we're talking about lists, because he's asking cool. about the bravery of mom stuff, and it's like that's its own discussion. Um, so anyway, the Cathalar can take the bravery modifier that your elves would normally suffer when they eat their piece of candy and hand it out to another unit, which can be extremely helpful, um, in certain matchups and next to meaningless in others, but it is a cool option that you have. And it's important to remember, um, the ranges, like ch- always checking ranges. And it's like, um, cause there's a lot of holy within, um, versus within, and it's just, um, sometimes, uh, the same war scroll has abilities which are which fall under both categories. So it's just important to keep those things here. Um, like, uh, just keep track of those so you don't get tripped up, especially at an event where, like, oh, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's just within, but it's actually wholly within. Is this, within. In order, is this unit? Is this unit and auto?
0: Include Martin.
1: Like, uh, should, Senar- every, should every should have? Uh, Sinari just- Cathalar. Sinari Cathalar. I. At the current time, I would I would lean towards a yes, but um, I'm I hesitate to say, um, it's it's because because this is this is all conjecture at this point because of the lack of real data. I don't want to say yes. You absolutely should. However, all of the lists we're talking about tonight, all two or three of them have a R in them. So probably probably idea.
0: Is there a world where you wouldn't take one, I think? And obviously, like, this is up for personal opinion, but what you're finding right now is this particular unit is a good unit. Um, yeah. Is there a time where maybe you wouldn't take um, – is it a Calathar? No, what that, how do you pronounce it? Cathalar. Cathalar. How do I – is there a time where you wouldn't take a Cathalar? Um, like, for example, I, if, I took, if I took a Battle Catalyst, for example,
1: like, is it as useful? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that if you're going the geometrical route – um, you probably don't have the points for it. Um, if you're, uh, it's definitely, yeah, I would say if you're going in you probably don't need it. Um, if you have Teclis, you, with, um, the, the best, the, the best reason you take a Cathalar is because she has the mini Bellacore ability, which is not listed here. Um, even though she has all of these things, which can, which can augment bravery, the, the, the her darkness of the soul signature spell is probably the best thing um, that she can do, period. Uh, so uh, Teclis makes it easier to not have one, even though you'll probably have one with Teclis. And if you're if you're playing Eumetrica-based sort of lots of stone guard, um, battle cattle, and archers, you probably are playing in a way that doesn't require her because mm-hmm. you're trying to win the game in a way that doesn't need her strategy. However, it's probably a good delete to, to, to take one. So yeah. Um, lightning reactions. There we go. That's the one where you pick you you pick two units to fight instead of one. Excellent. Excellent rule. Um, it is not ASF. We are not continuing the ASF, ASL PowerPoint presentation of Doom. Um, this is always fight
0: yeah. first, always fight last is ASF Correct. and ASL. But just yeah. for anyone who's playing along and doesn't know the acronym. Yeah.
1: Um, there is an ongoing PowerPoint presentation kept by Vince Venturella. I call it the PowerPoint of Doom uh, because nothing good ever comes of reading that PowerPoint. And the smaller that PowerPoint gets, the happier I think we will all be. Uh, this does not, uh, this not contribute to that. And uh, this is just when you fight, you fight with two units instead of one. Cool. Awesome. Great. Does what it needs to do. Uh, so it means
0: you go, you go, I go. That's basically how it works.
1: Correct. You do not... um, Well, uh, and even then... uh, Because if if I charge a unit, one of your units, with two of my units, and you take away casualties which lock the other unit that hasn't activated yet of mine out of combat, they're just just done. So the best way to utilize it is to um, chain combats across the battlefield together. So I know I can fight here... I'm sorry, off screen. I can fight here, and I can fight here independently, um, uh, dealing with threats that don't interact with one another.
0: Yeah,
1: no, no, it's it's very is there good. Else on right? this page, other than just,
0: and okay. uh, no, that's fine. No, no, just just thinking about like, yeah, just okay. uh, all I was, was going to say is lightning reaction is. What you're, what you're really thinking about doing here is is doing as much damage as you can while minimizing the amount of da- damage you take. So being mindful of how many charges you you make. Um, and if that means, you know, in, as, as, um, as Martin said, interacting with two different units, it's almost like, you know, you don't have, I don't know, let's say two units of Dawn Riders charge the same unit um, because, you know, through removing models, it may reduce the, the impact or being able to do as much damage. So you want to start thinking about, you know, really taking advantage of charging to independent, maybe knowing that you can't take damage until you do damage. Um, and even, you know, either attacking on the side or, you know, pinning and trying to get in some of those juicier targets. So we'll talk more about your list very soon. But
1: uh, yeah. I think for me, the ability to have both tech and big monsters is always good. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know, really be able to bracket that monster down to quite significant uh, if you can do some good damage to them. Especially we, if you have got archers, you got your sentinels, kind of uh, doing mortal wounds as well. So, yeah.
1: All right, that's cool. it for the main main ones. Um, there, there was the other page with the uh, shining company. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can yep. just touch on that quickly. Cool, yeah. Uh,
0: I'll be, like, we don't have to go through every single rule, I think. Just oh, yeah, and, uh... yeah.
1: Oh, well, because we're not really talking about, like, the Allard stuff. I just want to talk about Shining Company because it's it's a main way of how, like, Luminous function, especially since we're talking mostly about the core troops, like the Venari stuff. Yeah. Um, I say it only sucks because of the length of the Warden Pikes on the miniatures, which is why I think it's totally reasonable when I, when I see people um, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram saying they're changing out the pikes or they're shortening them or they're like making them like this instead it's totally understandable i have that problem i'm not i'm i'm leaving the pikes as is it is annoying um uh but i believe it 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 nudges you in a particular direction um merging flavor with rules like you said we we wanted a. I a um i think the designers wanted to impart more than any of their previous releases the flavor of that Phalanx rank and flank Warhammer Fantasy style play. I don't think we're going to see this um, see this sort of rule seep into other factions. I think this is a uniquely a, a luminous thing, because it it, it it speaks to how they fight within the narrative of the of the Warhammer world. Uh, and it also impacts your deployment, because we talked about the importance of um, because you don't have a lot of bodies and this this rule is uh once you give it up like once you decide to break formation and say i'm 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 flicking the switch i'm ready to i'm getting to go into combat or i need to run like in a direction you cannot regain it um there's all sorts of things you we can talk about garrisoning or the soul screen bridge or any sort of future teleport i don't know.
0: Let me just pause for a second, just for anyone who doesn't know what the uh, the Shining Company does. So, the Shining Company guys, uh, if you haven't had a pl- chance to play with them just yet, or you're picking up this army for the first time, any of your Venari units—that's your Sentinels, your Wardens, and your Dawn Riders—they haven't—they have an option, I guess, is to to basically c- form a, what's called a Shining Company. And the way that you shine a uh, sorry, you, you form a shining company is that a model must touch two other models. So that that's that's how the formation is kind of set up. Now what Martin's saying here is when you when you break, let's say you pile in, uh, you run, you string your models away so that they're there's they're not touching two other models. You've broken the shining company rule. Um, now when you are in shining company is it their minus one to hit them right. but the trade-off is they can only pile in one inch so yeah. uh you don't get the full three three inch pile in so when you are i, I guess there's the pros and cons do i break formation to get maximum pile in? do i uh stay in formation and just slowly advance up the board uh i think there's you know don't Get too locked into the shining company. Um, make the best decision at the time is probably my my advice here. If it the best decision here is getting off, um, breaking shining company because you can pile in more bodies on an objective and claim it, then that would be the smarter decision to me as opposed to uh, staying in company and not not being able to claim an objective.
1: Generally, you break shining company um, with wardens. Like um, I've never really had to break shining company with archers. They either keep firing every uh, for for five turns, or they get charged and die. Um, with with dawn riders and wardens, you generally break shining company the turn you want to charge something, and that's the turn where it's like shit's getting real. It's time to take action. I am breaking shining company. Let's do this. Um, so it's 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 that do or die sort of thing, and I re- I really appreciate the rule. Uh, it is only annoying because of the the pikes get in the way and there's tassels on the pikes and they hook and it's um, but yeah, I I do, I do think it's, it's a well-written rule. Um, Yeah. The the Mm -hmm. only other thing I would say is
0: um, yeah, to be very mindful of your models uh, and and then movement trays might be beneficial to you. uh, If that makes life easier, especially if you find yourself being slowed down and not getting to your full five and trying to worry about it, that might be something to think about. Um, I was going to say something else, but I've forgotten. Uh, oh and yeah, and as Martin said, uh, once you have broken the shining company, there is no way to get them back into a formation. Even if you were to reposition them so they can, they're they touching two models, you've lost the rules. So if you've watched three hundred the movie and you think about the slow advancing Spartans uh, with their shield walls, that's really what you're what you're replicating here.
1: So. Yeah. I'm. Just, uh, There are ways to regain it, but you have to shoehorn them into your list, or you have to be playing on a table with scenery that has garrison rules. Um, That is a little bit of a tall order there, I think. So it's best to just treat it as a one and done.
0: So let's talk, let's talk lists. We've talked a lot of theory, and I think between my discussion with you, Liam, and Hayden, uh, I think any aspiring Lumineth player has a really good base of knowledge when it comes to Lumineth Realm Lords. Again, FAQs and points may change this, but this is the current world we live in. The first list we're going to look at is, is it Zantric? Zatric? Zatric. Uh that, that, sure, that yeah. insert name
1: here. Yeah, um, you, you can call it the Hogwarts one, because this is this is definitely the magic one. If you if you if you ask your opponent without trying to pronounce anything, um oh uh quick question. So an opponent with a pretty rare ability to kill spe- specific models can break shining company. Uh yes, yes, they can. Um yeah. it is possible it is possible to do it um
0: sure yeah star drakes uh gargans for example could do that um so th- that's a little yeah. tactic it's it's hard to do certain armies can do it but yes you, yeah. someone could force you to uh so i guess when you're removing models as well uh probably be very conscious of where you're removing models uh because you may inadvertently uh break your own shining company through battle shock or through um just removing of
1: casualties um so anyway trick. Sure, um, So magical.
0: what are you gonna get? What are you gonna get? This is the mad this is the magic great nation. You're gonna get a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Um you're gonna get plus one to the first cast dispelling an unbind role for each friendly Xantric wizard uh in each hero phase. In addition, uh each Xantric wizard knows one additional spell. Wizard uh, hero a wizard hero, uh yes, yeah. yeah, so and not the little wizard in the uh in you the know. in the unit. So it's only your wizard heroes. You're going to get Fast Learner, so this general is a command trait that can attempt to uh, uh, attempt to unbind one extra spell in the enemy hero phase. In addition, the second time this general attempts to unbind a spell. Uh, they can re-roll the unbinding roll. That's pretty sweet. Uh, although if we take techless, not getting that. Uh, you've got the gift of somebody that is Fancy Pants Elf. Um, how do I say that one? Uh, Selinar. that's the Moon Sphinx. Of course it is of course it is uh so don't make it easy um roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to the bearer uh add two to the roll if techless is a part of your army and on the battlefield uh on a six plus so we can obviously bring that down to a four plus but uh if we've got techless uh on a six plus that wound or mortal wound is negated that's that's pretty sweet
1: yeah Uh, Yeah,
0: no sorry no no and then finally uh, you're going to get the law. So, the law which has overwhelming heat. So, overwhelming heat has a casting value of seven. And uh, if you successfully cast, pick one enemy unit wholly within 24 of the caster and visible, halve their movement characteristic until your next hero phase, then roll a dice. If it, the roll is equal or greater than the unit's save characteristic, uh, they suffer D3 mortal wounds. That happened to my squeaks who have like a save of six, and I cried. But when you look at these rules, there's a lot of cool rules yeah. here. It's obviously, the, the the wizard great nation. Are they all important to your list design? Are there
1: things that you really yep. want to tap into more than others? Like, what's the how yeah. do you read this? Um, so at first, this might um, people think so. The main thing is like, okay, all of my wizards are getting plus one to cast, the entire army just gets plus one to cast. Um, people who can't take advantage of this stone guard, it took me about 10 to 15 games to figure this out that you don't want stone guard in this. Um, if you if you are if you are building a zytric army you are building a venari heavy army uh because venari are wizards stone guard are not wizards are we talking uh,
0: our, we're talking our sentinels we're talking our wardens we're talking our dawn riders that's correct. our
1: venari units yes yeah, so our venari units the the core troops of the army basically um and You can run this one of two ways. You can run this, uh, but it's generally the more units you have. So, like, you can run that MSU, multiple small units sort of play style, and you can have the eight to ten different units of ten models the more casts you have. I did not go that route. I tried to find a balance sort of thing where it's like I have as many bodies in the units as I can so that it's not easy to kill the individual units but also maximizing the amount of casts. Um, so it's you, you really have an interesting choice to make there, but you know from the onset what units you really want to look at in terms of your pool of possibilities. Um, for Fast Learner, uh, you're already going to be at around 8 to 10 casts of magic in each turn. Um, and that also has that many unbinds your general being able to unbind another one is not going to come up very often um it is neat that he gets the reroll um but you can also um you can only get uh i just look at this now i'm still learning the book you can only get a reroll cast you cannot reroll unbinds with aether course no correct. No, so no, this, right. this is a way to reroll your unbind which is neat but you already have to have tried to unbind another spell with him specifically or her. Um so it is very situational, but it is a neat trick. The item. The item is where um get it. Uh, I I I guess this when I open the book, and it turns out I think I was correct in that. So you have a six plus ward save, ward save, feel no pain, damage prevention roll, whatever you want to call it. But it's a four plus if Teclas isn't here. I don't know if you want Teclass in a trick list. Because one of the main abilities that Techless gives to your army is all of the Lumineth within range. Get plus one to cast. But you already have plus one to cast from the Lambit Mystic's main ability. So is it really worth doubling down on a benefit you already have and possibly don't need to make sure that the other character in your army um, goes from a six to a four plus? I'm not sure that's a necessary thing. So a six plus ward is good. It means that I'm not automatically going to be dead if you start trying to snipe my characters. It's a six plus. It's better than nothing. Um, and the last thing I will note um, with overwhelming heat is everyone in your army can cast it. All of the wizard units as well. And it is another have movement spell. Um, you will find all of the movement debuffing or turning off the ability of your opponent's models to act do actions is going to win you more games than killing stuff. Uh, so with this tool here, it has a great range wholly within 24. Yes, it can do damage. I'm sorry, it did a little bit of damage to your squigs regardless of how unli- unlikely it might have been. It's only yeah, d3 wow. mortal wounds. Uh, it, 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 I think only Teclis's spell does a significant amount of damage. The rest of the spells in this entire book are buffs or debuffs and this is a good one yeah
0: yeah and that, that's where you fight and when we'll get into your list and you know uh, there's a nice little combination you can do with the umbral spell portal and you know really tapping into that but for me some of these debuffs especially the movement debuffs just allow you to uh slowly advance your army forward uh while hindering your opponent so you're really kind of manipulating the board and uh, I guess I guess slowing the uh, your opponent down so that you can get a better position, and then once you're kind of in position, really fight your way out of it. That's the again. You're not a fast army. I mean, other than your Dawn Riders and obviously the Battle Cattle side, uh, I, I, I felt that the they're they're a lot slower yeah. you, than you, I would probably remember.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's it's one of the things where it's like you you can make an arm. Um, there is a universal spell for double double movement. Uh, The army overall is slow, but you have the ability to reach out basically anywhere on the table between your shooting and the ability. It's like I'm going to make this unit have double movement Um, or you can make your opponent's army as slow as you are by having movement here, turning off stuff there um, and and so forth. Um, It is an army of scalpels, but um, Julius Caesar was killed by a bunch of scalpels, too. So there you go, death by a thousand cuts, or in, yes. in the case of Lumineth,
0: death by a thousand mortal wounds coming from the sky as you block out the sun. But we have our first list. Uh, you have taken the battalion, so the um, the oh, the, the Arlen Legion, yeah. So I was just pulling up the rules. Um, so that means you need to take the uh, ca- Calithar, cal- <laughs> That's why I'm never playing uh, fun I know, fact, Because I, you,
1: you want to say catheter and it's not.
0: It's yeah, no. I actually got a free box. I actually won at a tournament not long ago, the actual box sets. So I'm like literally the, the, the day before I picked uh, sorry, the day after I picked up Daughters of Cain. So uh that was really awkward. But you take the, the Cathalar, got it. The Catholic, uh, and then you need to take two to four units of uh the either the Sentinels or the Wardens. But uh, but, yeah, yeah. I was just looking, so it doesn't have Dawn Riders in this one, uh, but yes, it must be equal. So you must have an equal amount of Sentinels to Wardens. Uh, and then if you do so, the, the Shield of Light rule that you can reroll save rolls of ones for attacks uh, that target a friendly unit from the battalion while they are within three inches of any other friendly unit from the same battalion. So you I pick this you battalion to kind of wrap up your army in a nice little bow. And then what you've taken is you've got the Stone Mage as your general. This is the uh, Zytrak list, as we've spoken about already. Uh, So you've got yourself a Stone Mage, who's your general. got the Fast Learner trait, which is coming in from the the Great Nation. Uh, You've taken the Hearthstone Amulet, along with the Law of the High Peaks with Crippling Vertigo. You've also got the additional spell, which which is Voice of the Mountain. You've got your Cathalar which is the Gift of...
1: (laughs) This list, so,
0: is killing this list is killing me. Uh you then got the, the, the yeah, lore, damn
1: elves uh, and their weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's killing me. It's
0: killing me. Uh the lore of Hish, which has got the, the total eclipse, and you've also got the protection of Hish as the sec, the sec, the second spell. You've got yourself the named character Stone King. So um that's pretty sweet. I learned not long ago that the non-named character wasn't a hero. blew my mind.
1: It is a, it is a generic mountain spirit
0: blew my mind you've also got 20 wardens uh with the uh, ethereal blessing you've got 20 wardens with the protection of hish 20 sentinels with the ethereal blessing five dawn riders with the speed of hish 10 sentinels with the speed of hish five dawn riders with the speed of hish uh, i did mention earlier you have got the battalion and then you've got your geminids and the hishian twin stones that is one of your three uh, options for lumineth mm-hmm endless spells so talk me through the list talk to me and whether we go unit by unit or whether we actually just kind of break this down and
1: just i think it's an overview approach yeah Um, like what does this do um so mostly it it uh presents a pair uh between one and three units anywhere between like um my opponent and either an objective or the rest of my lines Um, and I then use a laundry list of different either magic combination, debuffing you, buffing myself and, uh, making sure that the units I present to you, like I, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to charge you unless it's later on in the game. I'm going to present in front of you, my opponent, a handful of units and say, come and get me. I would like you to charge me because that might do most of my damage when you charge me and I'm going to make them as, um, buffed as possible whether it's through debuffs to hit, um, it is ethereal, um, the, the extra ward saves. Um, this, this comes by uh, one of the most helpful things that really um, there was a podcast by Heralds of War, I want to say, back in 2017 where he had Adam Burt on. Um, yeah, I remember it all the way back. Look at, <laughs> you, look at you name dropping here.
0: Tony <laughs> Moore, Heralds of War.
1: Well, go go Australia. Thank you, thank you, Australia, for having such excellent uh, sage advice on Age of Sigmar list building, both from you and and uh, of War. And it's like you want you want to make sure that your list is always adaptable, because there's always going to be that thing when you when you roll up to the table and somebody's going to say either that character or that unit turn one it's dead. Uh, you don't know I don't know what it's going to be. It could be any number of things. Whether it's Skaven, whether um, they bring back a version of Curse of Years, it doesn't matter. There will prob—you uh, have to figure out how to roll with the punches and just say, if something from my army just ceases to exist, how can I stay in the fight and keep on keeping on? So you'll notice across the army, there's a lot of spell redundancy. A lot of those spells, I just keep taking the same spells over and over because I want the ability—if I can't cast it here or if they're too far away—I still have the spell to be able to be cast. Um, affecting something else in my army, or if that's dead, I still have access to that tool. I want to have as many tools as possible from turn from deployment to the end of turn five. Uh, the other thing, the other thing to remember is, is, is this is uh, doubling down on the diff, uh, death by a thousand cuts. I am not going to the the only thing that can do a lot of damage um, right away is Avalonor. Uh The rest of the stuff I have to I have to think about how I'm going to do as much damage over time with the rest of those units. Can I just pause Uh, on a point that
0: you made earlier? I just don't want to go too far ahead from this one. You mentioned that you do most of your damage when you are charged. Now, are we referring specifically to the wall of the blades where um, if you're being charged, you get to add one to the wound roll um, for the pikes and improve the rain characteristic by one? or? Or, or where, where, is there any other no. rules that are giving you? No, no, that no that,
1: that, that's effective, That's effectively it. Um, uh, Avalonor also gets plus one attack on both his stomps and the hammers when he is charged. Um, and one of, I think, one of the best rules to consider um, on both him and the regular cow, cow lord, even though it's not a hero, um, if you're within uh, 12 inches of my stone mage, um, he always count, counts as suffering uh, zero wounds on his damage table which has been pivotal in so many of my games because Avalanor can take so much damage. He doesn't have a ward safe. You have to give him one, and that's not an easy spell to cast. So um, he's going to take a lot of damage, uh, but if you position everything carefully, he's always going to be swinging at that max at the top of his table. And Mm. if if he's been charged by something, that's seven attacks with all of his hammers. Uh, now and then have Hits on
0: 3s, Wounds on 3s, Rend 1 for, yes.
1: at the top of the profile, flat 5 damage. So right. And he is, he is someone who can take advantage of Aether Quartz for plus 1 to hit. So, yes. It, and it, you've it got as is-
0: well, right? So you could be hitting on 2s, rerolling 1s. Winning yes. on threes, although it's rend one, it's a bit. I mean, yeah, that's, it, was range two, it has to be balanced
1: somehow. It's not going to be like yeah, uh, if it was
0: rend two or rend three, and then five damage and just be yeah.
1: uh, um, straight
0: bonkers. But flat five damage is brutal.
1: Yeah, that is that is one of that is probably the only strength of taking the uh, generic uh, spirit mountain spirits. They are rend two damage five, but at a le- one less attack than Avalinor. Um, but I do prefer Avalinor for that. Um, mo- most of the stuff in here are anvils and they only do as much damage as they can when they are charged by something else. So um, it is a combination of the spearmen, It is, it is truly a combined arms army. Your sentinels shooting from um, behind, behind your lines, the uh, Dawn riders picking their targets as best they can to do damage. Generally like in one off, um and your wardens taking the brunt of the enemy attack combined with support from the characters and avalanore and all of the spell chicanery is how you're either going to win games or lose games i was just looking at
0: avalanore's <laughs> command ability and that won't impact your wardens right because you can they you only
1: buff stone mage
0: Correct. They they, they've, they they don't have the Alarith keyword. So unfortunately that plus one to attack, attack characteristics for melee weapons yeah. would only work with your, um, yeah, it won't yeah. work with your Wardens or Sentinels. So if you wanted to kind of tap into that kind of Stone King kind of build, then I think we're leaning at a completely different list. But I can see that this is a real hammer. It's going to do a whole bunch of damage. The fact that you can be fighting on your top profile within uh, a certain buff range uh, the shooting attack's not bad too, actually. Even though it's only one attack, it's great. It's, gravy. Uh, it's it's a nice little chip. It could kind of, you know, it's 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 not yeah. too bad actually.
1: Um, I will I will say that the um, for late game sort of things when you're trying to figure out what you can do with what's left on the table, um, the stone mage is not terrible in combat, depending on how many models are on an objective, because the stone king can buff the stone mage. He will end up with D3 plus one attacks because you'll give him plus one attack with the command ability. And then threes, threes, Um, if you don't pile in with the Stone Mage, he goes to Ren 2 for D3 damage. So if you're you're trying to get through just a little bit of chaff with the Stone Mage, um, that's not a bad tool to have for late in the game. So it does have its use, however situational it may be.
0: So I'm looking at some of the spells that you've picked. So you've picked the Speed of Hish that is a casting value of 5 and that doubles the movement of a friendly unit within 18. You've got the Ethereal Blessing, which is a casting value of 6, and it gives Ethereal to a unit within 18. Uh, you've got, have you have got Total Eclipse? Uh, uh, total yes. Eclipse yes. of the Heart an uh, is, yeah. is, a, is, a, is an amazing 80s song, but more importantly, uh, casts on an 8. This one terrifies me. Um, units until your next hero phase uh your opposition needs to spend two command points instead of one um for some it is relatively
1: hard to cast without the help of the twin stones i
0: was going to say casting value of eight really then means it's either a techless spell or you need to try to start finding ways to buff the the cast because statistically we know that uh it's a seven so a casting value of seven is a fifty percent chance of success Casting value of nine is a 25% chance. So you're sitting there more times than not. You'll fail that unless you find a way to get it down to a minimum plus one. And even then that's a 50-50. Yeah. So, and uh, another,
1: another, note, another note is um, any number of Lumineth wizards can cast the uh, power of Heish spell, which is the ability to take the mortal wounds from sixes to fives. So if someone fails it, someone else can cast it. If your characters, and um, there will be times when your characters don't really have anything to cast, either they're out of range or they're facing an army where it's like total eclipse doesn't work on bone reapers or an army that doesn't make use of command points. If someone else has already cast protection of Hish, the Cathalar doesn't have that. Darkness of the soul doesn't have a lot of range. Uh, so if no one's in range, she's not probably gonna cast that. So she can also cast speed of Heish for someone. Um, so it's important to just always make, uh, uh, because this army relies so much on its toolbox to get the most value out of it, it's important to remember who can use those tools.
0: Speaking of tools, one that you haven't chosen out of your toolbox, but the chat seems obsessed, at least want to know your kind of thoughts about, is uh, Altharian. Now, Altharian yeah. is this beautiful sculpt that I guess maybe this will kind of, we'll, we'll kind of maybe tap into this question a little bit uh, towards the end of this list before moving to into the next one. but. Altharian is one that people have been begging to put into it. It's such a beautiful model. Do you see a world where maybe Altharian does slot into this list? Is it maybe the wrong great nation? Um what role would it um, play? Would you swap yeah. out the Stoneheart King for
1: Altharian if you were gonna do something with that model? Yeah. Um I've I've uh like when I was first looking at the book. And because we've we've had access to his scroll, I believe longer than anyone else, because his scroll was basically previewed in one of the Warhammer community articles. Um, it's it's tough because they finally made a good like melee solo. Like he tanks, he tanks well. He's like a budget go trek. Um, yeah. He doesn't do nearly as much damage as go trek, but he serves a similar purpose. He tanks well. He's a good duelist. Um, he, he he can go out there like generally on his own. He doesn't need the support or the tools that the uh, the rest of the army needs like the army needs the spells it needs the the command abilities it needs the ether courts and all of those other things to truly shine he doesn't but the the problem in return is he doesn't have provide any utility value back into the army so you're you're almost running around with this sort of separate attack wing and i in, a, in an army that's all about synergy and trying to maximize value in cooperation between units, he sometimes just doesn't offer enough return on your investment for his points. Then that's not, that's not a problem of his points. He's, he, I think he costs the right amount. It's just of the roster that's out there right now, I, I don't see a list where he fits, especially not sidetrack, because he's not, not a wizard. Despite the fact that his I, I don't understand the FAQ thing, which took the ability of him to be a wizard away from him. Uh, so I think the best way to look at him, I think is almost and I hate I hate to say this, a thousand point games. Because there's not a lot that people can throw at him in smaller points games where it it can really uh, really damage him because of how his ghost armor works. So yeah it's, no, it's,
0: that's, it's that's, sh- that's fair because you're not seeing a lot of him on the table and that was a model when the when the range was uh, you know revealed people were just so obsessed with the the model uh anyone who was a bit of a law master remembers uh remembers this particular model from the high off range you know the uh the great warrior on its gr- griffin demigriff griffin yes. it yeah.
1: uh, was, was known for two things being on a griffin and never smiling and he got retconned three times
0: I couldn't remember it because, because Bretonnia had Hippogriffs, Empire had Griffins. I couldn't remember which side of the fence you guys were on. Um, uh, there's an interesting question I want to bring up in the chat in a minute, but before I get to that question from Hale, I do want to just kind of understand a little bit about why have you gone blocks of 20? So why have you gone blocks of 20 as opposed to maybe blocks of 10? Why haven't you gone a block of 30? Uh, why have you split your Dawn Riders out to be two blocks of five instead of a block of 10? Yeah. Talk to me about some of the logic behind why you've chosen what you've chosen. I mean, especially given that this is a wizard list, surely you'd want to get more wizards in your army by making more small units. So what was the logic here? Yeah.
1: So the the choice to not go with multiple small units, I think it's perfectly valid. It's just it's not – it doesn't really fit – I would say what I'm used to seeing in my local community, even at regional tournaments, like um, I would say the biggest tournament in our area besides Nova, which I think is its own separate discussion, is something called Du Bois, uh, which I was on a show a few few weeks ago with um, a friend of the show, Paul Conti, talking about. Um, it's probably like the, the, the big, uh, awesome GT In our area, you see a lot of aggressive lists, I would say, there. So it's a lot of combat-oriented, a lot of destruction or chaos, something that wants to get in your face right away. And especially when you think about orcs or iron jaws, um, it's very easy to get through 10 to 10 models. And I don't want to uh, uh, give up. I don't see the value of taking more units to get more casts when there's only so many spells I really want to take advantage of. Um, it definitely, it, you actually lose shots, because one, um, you always have to have a unit champion to, um, in the archer units, which means you're losing a bow. So the more um, units of 10 archers you take, the more shots you lose, uh, which was one of the decisions in, in the tech list we'll talk about later, where there's like so few of them. Uh, but for the Spearman, uh, I did test out uh, uh, 30. It's just too unwieldy, and it's only in one place. You, you need more board control so 20 i think is the sweet spot for them uh there there are advantages i think there are more advantages to msu than there are taking blocks of 30 spearmen I, I don't know <laughs> get enough
0: when i look yeah. at this i think about uh my journey with Hollow heart when i played the cities of sigma wizard force and there is a tipping point where you're over committing into wizards and the payoff isn't as great as uh, whether it's in- increasing the spell casting, you know, there was one point I had, I think, eleven casts in my Hallow Heart list. Uh, I was doing it more for lols than it, you know, than competitively. But there's only so many really good spells or so many good endless spells I can put on the table. And I'm really building for redundancy. So I think uh, you've made some really good points, especially why you'd want 20, especially I found moving like 30 Phoenix guard around, for example, quite unwieldy at times, uh, let alone then having to stick within a formation when there's terrain on the table and trying to manipulate the board to, to get the best position while still trying to keep in. A shining company i can imagine that would be uh certainly in the harder range for our 30 plus so i yeah. think 20 is a nice little block it allows you to have a whole bunch of board control without over committing in one area on the table and i think yeah. that's that's the trade-off right you put too many 30s then you're gonna have a weak flank you're gonna have a, a weak center
1: yeah. Um, and that's the other th- the other reason why um, it's I think it's better to have multiple units of Dawn Raiders. Like I think 10 is the 10 is the right number uh, if you can have it. Um or like five five is good. I think 10 is the sweet spot. Um, I, I really want I, I can't. One of the reasons it will be um, I don't want to say the, the main reason I want GTS to come back. That's that's not not the right way to say it one of the interesting things i will be looking at when we start doing large events again are these uh dawn writer heavy lists that i see in the theorycraft zone especially in, in in continental europe and the uk where you have not like just 25 like 15 or more as, as high as 25 dawn writers i don't understand it like i I've, I've i've digested the logic behind that construction i i still don't quite agree with that choice but they're making that choice for a reason and i'd like to see if it pays off or not because when you take 25 dawn riders you're you're really doubling down on a very specific trick within a limited pool of the units you have um i don't think i would fare very very well with that here at all with the prevalence of destruction and and Nurgle and just high wound lists well, you don't really get to take advantage of their attacks, uh, the extra attacks ability. So even though they're range two lances, two units of five lets you cover more space, more casts, um, more tricks, and with the, um, uh, the ability to fight twice, fight with two units at once, you can <laughs> potentially charge them both at, at the same time into different targets for maximum effect.
0: When I look at the Dawn Riders and I think about murder ponies in OBR. So OBR, there's been a few little um what are they called? I've, I've literally forgotten their names. I've called them murder ponies so many times. I have now. A loss, Death Riders. The Death Riders. That's thank you very much. Like they're, they're murder ponies to me. Um we've seen a lot of success moving away from More Tech Guard, which is your equivalent of your of your Wardens, uh, into that murder pony build. And, you know, their speed, their durability, the Hitting, being able to pin opponents, um, being able to to claim objectives and challenge even back objectives early into the game. Uh, I know I've played with Tempest Eye, which is the fast city of Sigma, and running a a, a full army of of pistoliers and um, and outriders, which are very similar. Uh, probably not as strong as a dawn rider, but the the speed, the the board presence, uh, being able to just you know just throw your weight around the board has been very very powerful at times but you're right there's been some pretty hard counters at times where a more crusher a uh beast claw radar uh certain builds can just come in and just absolutely smash you i think in at least your case you've got you've got a little bit higher armor save than i do with the four plus uh your movement 14 is just off the charts that's incredibly fast um you do have the ability the deathly furrows to get the plus one attack or uh, what's that? You can do, uh, do something with your um, wounds. It's,
1: it's, it's plus two attacks if you're attacking one wound models.
0: Ah, uh, so, well, there you go. There you go. Like, you're going to hit harder than my my Tempest I did. So you, you can hit quite hard with that type of build. So... Um, I think there's something in it. I think there's a Dawn Rider. Um, you know, obviously you, you get the the lances of the Dawn are going to give you the, uh, what is it? They give you uh, improve the ring characteristic by one if you charge. Uh, the Unmodified Hit Roll is going to give you, uh, of a six, is going to do the Mortal Wounds as well. Uh, you've got a little wizard in there as well, so you've obviously cast the, the Power of Hish. I mean...
1: He is also the only unit champion who gets both a special weapon and his base weapon, so he keeps his Lance as well, which is fun. Yeah, look, I, I think,
0: I think, I think, you know, when I look at this, there's a lot of variety, and I think the point that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make here before we kind of move into your other list is this is just one of many ways that you want to build this. If you want to uh, go a multiple small unit and you know make more tens, if you don't want to go as heavy into the wardens and the sentinels, or you know you don't see value in the battalion and you want to add additional points to get yourself a tactless and drop the stoneheart king or like. Do, do what you want to do, but I can see how you're really starting to take advantage of this magic-heavy great nation and put it into a formation that is going to be competitive as well as taking advantage of your rules.
1: Yeah. Um, so a uh, question in the chat uh, to going to 10 and 5, Darn rider splitting the Sentinels and dropping 1. Um, two, um, when I, I started, my very first list when I was building this was uh, 2 times 10 Archers. It did not feel like enough. I feel like you need to have... Um, I, I think I think 30 is um, a solid, um, uh, I don't want to say minimum, because some some builds don't have archers in them, and they rely on other tricks. Uh, but I, I think 20 is probably not enough. That, that's, that's how i say. And especially since it's 2 times 10, which is you're, you're losing those shots. Like, yeah. if, if one unit of 20 has an extra 5 shots over 5 turns, so it, it, it does add up when you're talking about Numbers that small,
0: especially early on, where uh, and we haven't really like specifically highlighted this. But the fact that this the sentinels ignore line of sight it kills me that my rocket battery war machines now require line of sight, but a bunch of L's with bow don't need line of sight. So, yeah.
1: having the, the additional the is, is that the unit champion basically carries a magic periscope and can see through walls.
0: Well, I need a magic periscope for my rocket batteries. Yeah. Um, but like long story short, like having this really large threat range, being able to chip away those, uh, those small, and, and that's what really scares me about playing against Lumineth is the fact that you have an ability at a very far range to be able to take down my five wound heroes. Often they are the support pieces. They're the things that help up my castle, whether it is a five cast wizard, whether it is some type of random general or something, not a general, but even like just a commander that might have a cool ability. Yeah being able to take that down and you don't care about lookout sir because your your hit rolls are so good that you can take the minus one to hit and you can still probably put away a five win character from afar so yeah. for me and then you reduce my movement potentially to half uh that really can um really really hurt certain forces so um i can see why you really want to take it the most out of your sentinels and uh, again having blocks of 20 just gives you those extra potential for mortal wounds
1: yeah um and and i just want to before before we go all the 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 in both i just want to explain the um there's someone in the chat earlier asked about the bravery bomb thing um so the Cathalar has the darkness of the soul um i would have to to open the book just to see the range on it but um it's specifically where you use um, a, bravery, a bravery characteristic um, where if, uh, the, uh, it's not it's not on the list. It's, it's her signature spell. It's called Darkness of the Soul. Um, if you ever, When you cast it on a unit, or in this case, a Mega Gargant,
0: 18.
1: Uh, it's 18. Yeah, Darkness
0: of the Soul, uh, casting value of 7, uh, 18 inches.
1: Yeah. Um, you use the unmodified bravery characteristic every time they want to um, move, uh, fight, uh i know a move charge shoot uh, yeah shoot yeah. You know, pile in or you no know, or, or fight it's not pile in as far as yeah no 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 it's yeah.
0: move it makes a normal move makes a charge yeah. move shoots or fights um Correct. and you're gonna um, rail you're gonna roll
1: yeah so if, if yeah so roll, so, but that's that's still um if i'm if say it's like a giant or something that's just not in combat that's an opportunity to roll uh four four times to see see if it just doesn't do what it wants to um, and you combine that with the uh, spell on my general, which is Voice of the Mountain, and he does the, the Skyrim Roar, where he, um, um, in my turn, the turn I cast it, your entire army, your entire enemy army is minus two to its bravery. And in the turn after that, it echoes, so it's a minus one to brave, bravery characteristic. And if you combine that with the Aether Quartz thing, Absorb Despair, it's also bravery characteristic. So what is the bravery of a Mega Gargan? Uh, makes seven, eight? right? No, no, I think it might be higher. I think eight, right? So I can make it as low as a six relatively reliably. And so, if uh, rolling uh, if I have four opportunities to roll a six, I don't have guys, so I, w- I would that's that's even better yeah, for me. Five, correct? So, um, uh, if the chances of rolling a five on two dice with four opportunities is relatively high. Um, So that I will take every advantage uh, I need in a list like this, which relies on those, those thousand cuts and just turning a a giant off just like that. I I will take that. It is, it is one of the best ways to use the Cathalar and all of the spells in conjunction in that um, it should also be noted that, so the entire army has the Overwhelming Heat spell, which is a movement debuff. Um, my general's signature spell, his, his own one, which is, uh, so he has Crippling Vertigo, which is another bravery check. It's not as good as Darkness of the Soul, but it is also um, roll, roll uh, above the bravery characteristic. If, you, uh, if you're an enemy unit or model wants to do things, if you beat the bravery thing, you can't do it. And he also has a have movement spell as his signature spell. So the amount of ways that you you have to just turn off your opponent's stuff is it's it's beautiful. To me. Uh,
0: last question, maybe on this list from the chat, and then I'll, maybe we'll move into another list. Is um, they wanted to know with the with the stone mage things like an intomb. So the casting value of 7, pick an enemy unit within 18 and uh, it's visible, roll a dice if the result is higher than the model's wound characteristic, it's slain. If you roll a 6 and it's not enough to kill it, it does d6 mortal wounds instead. Um, I personally think maybe Crippling Vertigo is a much better option, I think. Um, yeah, it feels like in tomb is like going to a casino and you know going for snake eyes, going for some big roll and just popping uh, a five yeah. wound
1: hero. Um, can, but, you, you can know. do that with your archers. I, I think it's. Uh, um, I, I I see. I see the. I see the point. Like you, you, we all want the ability to have character sniping stuff. It's 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 cool to have, but crippling vertigo. Like I'd rather just turn off a thing and just, 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 I, I would rather have the option to, um, control the battlefield a little more than rolling the dice and hoping I snipe a character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would, to me, like just going for a five or a six, unless there is some, I, I can't see a reason why you'd want to pop a one, two or a three wound character, a characteristic. I think, you know, you're really rolling for a four five or a six, um, and you probably can do much better doing, you know, going for a, a large arcane bolt, going for some type of other spell. Uh, that's all I want to really talk about. Is there anything else you want to end on this particular list uh, or we move into the the, the second one?
1: Uh, not that I can think of. It covers all the bases that I wanted to. Um, yeah. Um, cool. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Geminids combined with Avalon 12-inch bubble, which is always going to be at maximum if he's within the range of the Stone Mage, combined with Shining Company. Is minus three to hit. Uh, very few things in the game uh, can deal with that stacking uh, debuff sort of castle that you can create for yourself, and that's one of the main ways um, I present a challenge for my opponents when they are staring down my front lines.
0: Yeah, that's super, yeah, that's super annoying. As it gets player, I know how annoying it it can be to be doing minus one to hit. You then stack in geminids, you're minus two to hit you're doing mortal wounds on sixes you're doing mortal wounds anyway so uh you are slow to advance which is why martin has gone so heavy on reducing the movement um the only other thing maybe you might want to consider folks would be maybe bringing something in like humble spell portal so to really extend the range but you may find that you you probably could be better served to just wait another turn before you well, start moving the characteristic instead of going up with Spell Portal because it has gotten a, a lot more
1: expensive than it used to be. So I will say, and just two more things because there was also a question in the chat, which I didn't think, um which I think it's on me for just not addressing it for for how, how you beat this list. Um, spell Portal isn't necessary in this list because I would say two-thirds of the time my uh, units are casting a spell on themselves or a spell um, casting it on a unit adjacent to them because they're all going to be, with the exception of the Dawn Riders, they're all going to be relatively close together. Um, Avalonor and the Stone Mage can be a power pair and do their own thing. Uh, Spell Portal is useful for when you want to reach out, I think, with tech um, And how do you beat this list? How have I lost my games, as it were? Um, so early game scoring. If there's an, if the, whoever gets to the objectives first and can has the ability to sit there, making me come to you, you, I don't want to be in that position because my my army is a little bit more reactive. Um, so if if you if you turn the tables on me and say, "Hey, I'm here. You have to come to me," it's not what I want to do. Um, moving or variable objectives. I, I found playing shifting objectives a lot because we would just roll for it. Um, yeah, I have to choose a flank when I start the game. I generally, I have to set up on like if you if you divide your deployment zone into thirds, I have to pick of the center and like generally a flank to put all of my stuff in. I can't spread out. And if the shifting objectives stays on one flank, which I am not in for multiple turns, that's basically it. Uh, And overall, it is that lack of bodies like Lumineth all have this problem, but combined with the um, I do have the reach with Dawn riders and stuff to say, I can touch whatever is on the other side of the table, but I cannot pick myself up and move myself across the table. To get there, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that that's how I would say he would uh, take advantage of my weaknesses in this in this build. No, I love it. I love it. Um, so we're going to move into our second
0: build. Martin's going to quickly grab himself a drink. I really like that. I think there's some good stuff happening in the Xandrix uh, list. Zydrix list. Uh, basically the great nation that is all about the wizards. Uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about his second list. So I'm going to read out some of the rules. Martin has just kindly just gotten himself a drink. Uh, so we are going to look at Zaya, Sia, Um, and what we're going to get here is you're going to get a, cu- a couple of things. You've got the gleaming brightness that allows you to get uh, each of those units start with two eighth quartz reserves instead of one, uh, which can be quite powerful. The second one is going to be around the command ability, so you can use this command ability when a friendly is it Zaya is it Zaya? Um, I'm sure Martin will correct me in a second. Uh, unit could use the Chords reserve ability even if a friendly is it Zha? How, how do I say this, Martin? Zaya. Cr.
1: Um, CR. We set we set it on uh, where I'm a weekly is cr like the pirate run, but I don't think CR. it's like that. CR. Yeah. Right,
0: I'm just gonna make idiot noises like I do. Is Shimon? If you do so, pick one friendly CR uh, unit that has an 8th reserve and wholly within 18 uh, of a CR hero, they can use one eighth of reserve uh, to use that aether Quartz ability. Okay, you'll need to explain that one to me in a second. Uh, and then you get the command trait of, uh, at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy hero within six inches of the general. That enemy hero can only target this general in that phase. Okay, like a little bit of a, like a reverse Deepkin kind of thing. Uh, in addition, you can add one to the hit rolls for target that enemy hero in that phase. Okay, some shenanigans going on here. And then finally, the perfect blade artifact. So pick one of the bearer's melee weapons, an unmodified hit roll of three plus uh, for the attack. My this weapon always hits its target. Okay. Uh, uh, an unmodified roll, wound roll for three plus uh, for that is always successful, an unmodified save roll of three or less always fails.
1: I, I, okay. I tend to ignore that artifact because the only models in your in the entire book which can take it are the two wizards and no. Um I I've uh can't imagine this ever really being used, but it's fun. Uh so CR like I imagine I imagine you don't want your heroes in in combat. Like I no. feel
0: like a lot of your luminef heroes are support heroes. Very few other than the battle cattle is a hero that you want in combat. So, right. um, yeah, yes, yeah. uh, so I can see why this is like it's a it's a little bit of a tax. If uh, if I find myself in combat, it's useful, that I wouldn't be building a list around taking advantage of this particular artifact.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, so CR. If we wanna if we wanna go about the same way we did the Zeitrek thing, where we go back and just like try and review like what's great, what you ign- what's what's not so great, and what you just ignore. Um, so CR, um, if the whole thing, this, this relies on the Aether Quartz. You take that Aether Quartz thing that we talked about from the beginning, and you double down on it, and you get bonuses for doubling down on it. So normally, it's, it's once per unit per phase. Now, uh, and if they use it, they don't have it again. Every unit gets two. That just opens up so many possibilities. Uh, and thanks to the FAQ, um, uh, you can use the same unit can use Aether Quartz twice. Uh, for that commandability. In the turn. Uh, in, yeah, in 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 the turn. Uh, so you get to the like just the, the possibilities open up. And I think the main thing that when when people were first talking about what you would use the AetherCourts on, um, because for, first of all, this this is probably the one where you best put techless, is well, how do you get to techless? And the answer uh, that first came about was well, KO because or anything that can just reach out at before Lumineth get to go before Teclis can turn on all of his abilities. Um, This allows Teclis to have add plus two to his save granted. It's versus that one attack for the ones in the game. It has so many more possibilities than that. You can have plus one to save over here, plus one to hit on this unit over here. Um, You can do the plus one to cast, um, here and and all of these things you can add plus two to hit if you're if you're using Dawn Riders or the Ward, like just it it there the, the possibilities of what you can do to make your units um in combination with one another just so much better really are how this list shines on top yeah. of what Techless does. Uh, so uh it is also important to note that this is a command ability. This is probably one of the it's, it's first of all it's the best command ability in the book. Um, it's one of the only command abilities in the book, but that's that's fine. And uh, so you will re- need to keep track of your command points for once. Uh, whereas other army, other builds in this do not use command points at all, or the last
0: list oh, not that heavily reliant no. on command points.
1: No, um, and just a note for the la- for for the last list, um, if my general, the stone mage, is within six inches of Avalonor, uh, for more than, um, for, for at least a turn, uh, he can spend, uh, he can do any command abilities he wants without spending a command point. So it's like, granted it's six inches, but he's probably going to be within six to 12 inches of it anyway. It's just further, like, I don't care about command points. And because
0: you want to be able to, you want you want to be fighting at the top of the profile, so they're already going to be naturally synergized in in, in a certain radius. So here, Uh,
1: you care about your command points. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to trying, building in fifty points for that extra CP, Uh, but uh, it's it's definitely something to think about. Uh, Goading arrogance is its own trick. It it you 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 can exploit the crap out of this. Um, whether it's a good or bad thing, I think, is a discussion for another time, because I remember when, um, uh, certain conversations being had about how this can just become very unfun very quickly. Uh, you can put uh, uh, chaff between your uh, uh, the enemy here. Can only uh, Goading Arrogance. This is the trait. Sorry. It's very weird in that it doesn't say command trait. It says command trait at the bottom, um, versus, like of the previous side for Goading Arrogance. This is your general. Uh, so it's not going to be techless. It's going to be the small wizard, and the example would be the Maw Crusher, Mega Boss, and Maw Crusher. If I put bodies in between my hero and the Maw Crusher, the Maw Crusher cannot fight the Chef because it can only hit the model, the, the hero that's six inches away. Um, it requires a lot of positioning. It's very short range, but it has its uses. Yeah. So you, so it means
0: that you've got the support general uh so i guess if i'm the the more crusher the vampire lord on zombie dragon i am a mega gargan player uh i'm probably avoiding this particular hero like the plague because it's the general their command trait not not every hero has this ability so yeah. uh, i can see that in a position that would be unfun because as my mega Gargant, my more crusher my zombie dragon i want to get in there and wreck face and the fact that i'm stuck there and i can't even choose to activate against the chaff all while they're now doing damage to me uh that certainly can unlock um or shut down some very big combat monsters so um really interesting but that would require you to be within six so i think positioning is critical
1: here yeah and and chances are if i'm if i um i'm the one in control of that positioning uh, to make this happen, versus say the the like a good example would be like the mock Crusher or the Mega Gargan, where it's like I have all of this movement and all of this power, I'm probably going to be somewhere else killing something, probably a little bit more useful than putting myself in danger of being near this hero. So even if
0: I was like the mega, if I, if I'm an opponent listening to this or I'm like, Oh, how do I avoid this? Even like, like if I open my mega, mega gargant on my, or my, uh, uh, my more crusher charged, let's say a unit and this hero was sitting there, uh, next to it. If I charge seven inches, uh, you activate this rule, uh, I'm outside of the six inches cause I'm seven then use my pile in to get closer. Um, I could avoid it, and I think this is where positioning is going to be critical. I don't, I don't, I don't want to harp on this too much, but I can see. Yeah.
1: And, uh, it is definitely the... a trick that will come up in some games when you're playing with this this, um, the great nation.
0: Don't, don't make this an I gotcha moment, I think. Uh, make sure it's very clear to your opponent because uh, there, there's definitely a big feel-bads
1: kind of here. Very big feel-bads. <laughs> um, and then Wizard, wizard Sword... Uh, uh, fun that thirty percent of all of the magic items in this book are mainly weapons for wizards. Um, uh, as I said, when when we were first uh, digesting, like Lumineth were coming out, it's like, well, this is the techless half of of LRL, regardless of how much that feels like half of the two, the the sun and the moon. Uh, techless is the wizards. Wizard heroes are probably going to lead the army, which means that comes with all the caveats. Where it's like your general is a wizard, your general is not going to be a combat character. Um, but they still felt the need to put all of these combat weapons in this book and I don't quite understand that. That's um, all right
0: That's right Tyrion. Tyrion all of his uh, Tyrion's leaders will all have pluses to cast they'll be they'll have one spell to cast and they'll get pluses to cast while your wizards have all the combat artifacts. Yes. so uh, uh, it's,
1: all good. it's all good yeah uh, well, that, that, that's important to understand like is, uh, um, I, I hope that this is evidence of future proofing. Whereas if this book does not get updated, but they add models which can slot into the keywords over time, um, and you can take more models, like what, what, what we're missing is sort of a Venari officer, your equivalent of not quite the prince, but like um, this is an 8th edition term, your noble BSB, which would be like your, your lieutenant hero on a horse with a banner, sort of something like that, where he's, he's not quite a combat monster. He, he definitely provides more utility. But it's, as long as there's a, an ability to have a character that's not a wizard in the army and they could just add that over time, I think uh, provides um, a good use for that item.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look right now, right now, basically the point here is that uh, it's good there as a fallback if your wizard happens to find itself into combat. It's unfavorable, but I certainly wouldn't be building around taking advantage of a, a wizard with an artifact of power that is based on combat. So it's nice to have, but. Uh, let's hope that you don't have to use it in the first place. But this particular list, so we're looking at list number two. Uh, there is some
1: commonality, but there also is some big differences here. So, uh, and I would like to give a shout out to Tyler Emerson for helping me uh, build this list with his commentary and the stuff he's been doing with TTS. Um, like, I I can't be everywhere. We all can't be everywhere at once. So it's always helpful to have other other players collaborating in in just trying to aggregate the data and and hot takes on what works and what doesn't um and he was definitely in on techlist from the beginning and so when i when i um we said at the top of the show do i think tech is a trap and i said may, leaning towards yes however um i think if you want to if i were to go to an event with a fresh list i think this list would do slightly better at an event than the list we just spent talking about even though i have faith for that list and practice with that. I like this list just as much as mine. Why? Why do you say that? Why
0: do you think the Techlist list, list okay. would do better? Is it because of Techlist? Or I think so. because it's the composition of the Great Nation? Or no. do you think, like, why, why would you make that claim? This,
1: this, this is this is the ultimate uh, puzzle that is Techlist. Techlist is not worth his points, and yet Techlist does so much to your army, to the table. So it's like he's almost he's he's not worth his points, but he's also kind of worth his points. He's not in a L'Oreal. It's 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 a really strange predicament he's in. And th- this list is techless plus friends is is basically what this is. Um, you take the battalion not for the benefits it gives you, but to lower your drops. Oh, uh, so let, me, have- let me let me. At the yep. First, and then we'll kind of
0: break it down just yep. for anyone who again is playing at home without the the visuals. So we've got the uh how do I pronounce it? the Calathar. Cathalar. I hate this model. Uh lady with no shoes on. Uh so lady with no shoes on is the general. Uh, she has that goading arrogance that's coming from the great nation, the perfect blade coming from the great nation, and only has total eclipse of the heart. Uh we don't get the second spell because that was a part of a different great nation so single spell here we have archmage teclas and uh and his spirit of the hish we do have 20 wardens with the Lambient light 10 wardens with Lambient light 20 sentinels with ethereal blessing 10 sentinels with the ethereal blessings this is that that um one for one that we've got to have for the um For the Battalion, we've also got a unit of five Dawn Riders. So this list compared to the other one definitely has less bodies, less wounds in it. You do have an additional uh, Endless Spell. You've got the Twin Stones, you've got the Spell Portal, and you've got Geminids. So we've kept Geminids and the Twin Stone, but we've added the Umbral Spell Portal. And I know in the last list when we were talking about Umbral Spell Portal, the chat did start talking about, you know, is it it valuable, isn't it valuable? I can see that you brought it here, and I want to know why. Why is it not Um, in your other list? Because your other list had more points uh, because it's not tied up in a
1: 660 for techless. Um, So the other thing, well, and as I was saying, Spell Portal has very specific uses where you want to reach out with spells. Um, My Zytrick list, it relies on the units effectively buffing themselves or buffing units adjacent to them. They don't need the range that Spell Portal provides you. Uh, spell portal. Um, so one of the one of the better spells I think in the 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 lore of Heish is the spell called Lambent Light, which is the one where you can um, uh, re- I believe it's reroll ones to hit with with shooting attacks when you target something with the Lambent Light, and it's it's very short range. It's only 18 inch range, uh, but then if you cast it through the spell portal, it's it's not just techless using the spell portal for technado. It's all of the uh the 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 warden units being able to put lamb light through the spell portal and say archers get even more value out of their shots attacking units is it isn't lamian light teenagers uh yes but with uh that's that's if you're trying to attack something that's on the other edge of the table it's like because the warden the the sentinels have 30 inch range effectively with their bows so there's a big disparity there in the the range of the spell that the the Sentinels want the benefit from and what they're probably going to be shooting at. So you use the the boosted range provided by the spell portal, which you're already using with Techless to, to further benefit, maximize the output of the few bodies you, you have
0: on the table. Yeah, well, I wanted to make that point clear because even though that your uh your sentinels do have a longer threat range, uh, you're not going to be able to get the re-roll missile weapons so by by getting the unroll spell portal out, then extending the range for Lambient Light, it then means that whatever model or models you choose uh to attack with the archers, you're gonna be able to re-roll those missile weapons. Um which is pretty crazy, which is just absolutely crazy, especially when we're talking about a unit of 20 sentinels and they then doing oh, yeah, it's reroll Oh yes re-roll
1: all hits. Oh there you go re-roll
0: all hits, not re-roll because you just use a command point if it was just re-roll ones. Yeah. Uh it's re- it's re-roll uh all hits. So yeah.
1: And that's the only the only real way to 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 uh to because archers do most of their damage fishing for mortal wounds. Uh most most of the the, the Venari class units in this in this uh book do their damage for by fishing for mortal wounds. And aether quartz doesn't get you there. Uh, this spell does. So this allows
0: you to fish for sixes. So even uh, as reach point...
1: if you do the the, the speed at power of fish.
0: Yeah. So I was just going to say, you, you, you know, even if you were trying to fish for mortal wounds and get the sixes, if there was twos or three, so threes or fours, and you wanted more sixes, you could always re-roll those successes in an attempt to get more sixes. Uh, and also then kind of comes quite nicely for anyone who uh if you do follow I mean the law the, <laughs> the 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 law of the rules is rerolls before modifiers so um should there be a a modifier to hit uh you'd be able to kind of skip around that that's a super powerful spell and probably justifies why you would take a spell portal just to extend that range you could you could ignore lookout sir you could uh really fish for those mortal wounds on the six you could obviously increase the amount of shooting you get so yeah Uh,
1: um, if i can just just hammer home the thing so like you say like ignoring lookout sir um lumineth really don't um sorry the 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 sentinels do not really um do damage outside of the mortal wounds they do through power of heish they, they they just don't. Um I I think it's it's I do on
0: fours, wounding on fours, no rend for one damage. Yeah. Uh, so without the buffs, without the re-rolls, you know, you, you know, twenty attacks, statistically you pass ten of those ten of the twenty. Then if you don't change any of the wound rolls, then another five go through. No rend, depending on who you're targeting, you could you know, you might do a couple of wounds. That's right. outside of the mortal wounds, so you can see that by, by buffing the profile, getting the the, the re rolls, and then going for the sixes. Um, I've, I've played a whole bunch of opponents who have just re rolled all their successes just to get more sixes. So
1: yeah. it's 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 truly where the power in their war scroll lies. Um, yeah, oh, and, and the fact that they ignore line of sight at thirty yeah. inches that yes. that is
0: that is powerful. Because yes, it okay. means I can't put a hero behind line of uh, blocking terrain to hide the hero. Uh, you know, Scraggrough, the Loon King. I always try to hide him because um, you know my grot heroes usually have four to six wounds, so you could pop them pretty quickly. I can't do that uh, if I'm Sylvaneth and I've got a Branch Witch hiding or a Branch Wraith hiding in a wildwood. I can't do that. You're going to pop them. Um, so,
1: yeah, that to yeah.
0: me with the more wounds is just brutal.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's 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 yeah and then combined with what, what Teclas can help so um we were talking about why why are we not taking Teclas in the uh, uh, the great nation where artifacts specifically get better when he's in them uh teclas has the aura where all of his the wizards within range are plus one to cast so he takes that Cytrek core ability and gives it to the army that's not sidetrack um, and then he has the bubble, which he can turn on uh, to give everyone the five plus ward. Um, we haven't really resolved to get the, the the seeing st- the spirit stone of of Selenor. Um I I I think we would just save that for another time because that's just uh, ha- I I think don't be that guy. Don't try and build for build a list trying to game the damage it can do. You know what I'm talking about, correct?
0: what we're talking about here Let, let's let's break it down a little bit for people playing at home because uh because they may not know all the rules or they might not they yeah. I, I don't want people to be put in a negative situation with their opponent as well so uh and i do want to talk a bit more about Teclis's War Scroll because it is a very yeah, intricate I, ha, I have it up now yeah
1: yeah
0: I'll, I'll, I'll talk through it in a minute but um with're seeing the seeing stone uh each time this is
1: a spell uh, yeah, is it in a, it's it's the little medallions on his pants so it's it's yes. it's
0: Uh, So each time a friendly unit within range of this models are the aura. So the aura is uh, at the top of its profile, 16, um, uh, affected by an endless spell um, or is cast by an enemy, uh, sorry, uh, affected by an endless spell or a spell cast by an enemy wizard. You can roll a dice on a four plus. You ignore the effects of a spell or an endless spell on that unit. Then pick one enemy unit within 18 of that unit that enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds um, uh, the range of the aura's ability for the model shown on the table so what are you talking about exactly like let let's let's pin down the issue
1: yeah so so the the, ma- the main issue is it doesn't really because there aren't commas there are insufficient commas and it doesn't really um, designate uh, who owns the spell or endless spell. Um, you can argue there are certain, um, like chronomatic cogs or, um, prismatic palisade. If you really want to be a rules, like sort of that guy, I, I don't want to call out anybody by name, but I think, uh, we have certain individuals in mind, uh, where it's like, well, it doesn't clarify if a unit is affected by a spell. Like the, uh, like when, when, or cogs or the wall, uh, and therefore I get to make. Uh, a role for this for this damage on everything in range because everything has been affected by it if i if i uh, imp, if i impact it you know if, so it's it it creates this this mess
0: so basically we're talking about rules as written versus rules intended so um all right long story short i think the the point of this channel is don't be a dick so mm-hmm uh don't don't try to manipulate cogs into your searing stones of hammer pants um but when i look at this particular war scroll there is a lot to unpack you know and you know it has a movement of 12 so probably not the greatest movement in the world 16 wounds four up save bravery of 10 uh nice little shooting attack that does rend minus three you've got the sword uh and the talons which is rend two rend three some all right damage but you know techless in combat is where the last place you want him to be um avoid that Uh, i can't even say that i was gonna say avoid that like the plague. but i can't even say that anymore after the responses in covid so we'll just talk like just avoid techless being in combat as a straight up
1: right high up wizard should not really begin combat otherwise it's either turn five and it's like well like can't do
0: anything else, so might as well. It's a YOLO move. Like if Techless is in combat, it is YOLO. Um, as the Archmage, actually, I'd like your thoughts on the Archmage piece. Because at the start of the hero phase, you can say if you're going to cast one uh one spell, two spells, or four spells. And then depending on which ones you choose, uh, it will depend. There's some auto casts. There's, you know, plus ten, there's, you know, a whole bunch of basically if you choose one spell, uh, there's one way of resolving it. If you choose four, how do you how do you look at that rule? Do you do you have uh, a preferred spell, two spell, four spell? Yeah,
1: it's it... It, it's it's definitely a matchup dependent. Like if I'm playing against someone, like as as we get into the age of presumably, like uh, I think they're called the spell doms, the, the spell kings, or spell, and and spell queens.
0: Nagash is, we're, talk, we're talking Nagash. We're talking about Croak. Uh, we're talking about t- uh, t- obviously a mirror match, Teclis. Yes, uh,
1: um, we're
0: talking Hallow Heart Effect comes back.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, say uh, you're either playing against someone who who is casting a lot of spells, or doesn't know what magic is and doesn't care, uh, like your 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 gargant's uh, your corn, uh, uh, something like that. And and so in that case, go with your four spells. Uh, but if you, if you're running into into someone who can reliably get through your magic and stuff like that, I think that's when you get you get down into do I want that? Do I want to actually pick and choose the two spells, um, the one spell? I'm sorry, yeah, the two spell. and the it's it's the one, two, or four, but never three. For some yeah, reason, just, there's a lot the, of the, the, in this the army. three is weird. But yeah, it's one, two, or four. So um. Um, it's it's a it's a theme in this army. Like, um, and like, it, even in their lore, it's it's everything is either one uh, pairs or there's four of the thing. But never three. So I guess that that follows into the rules and stuff. Um, it, it is a neat trick, but um, it just ends up a lot of times being okay. You're not going to cast anything. I'm just going to have these four spells happen.
0: Tekla's question for you, because I think the the bane of Tekla's, or you know the the worst matchup people think about, is KO uh, ships coming up in the coming down from the sky. You could be putting up to two thousand points of shooting into techless just to remove it if they want to, right? Between boats and uh, people in boats or balloon people hitching rides on boats, the threat to techless is just ridiculous. Do you have any thoughts or do you have any hints or if you were to be facing a KO boat army, uh, yeah. not that so, KO, have ever walked up the table in their life, but if they if you did find that situation, what are your thoughts uh,
1: or your responses? So this this list is built with that sort of matchup in mind, and it's not just KO. It is any army which has the ability to reach out before you.
0: Uh, uh, so change host with Zench would be another one. Uh, 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 Seraphon with your uh, Sallies would be another one. I, I think always, of cities are with the Iron Drake, but that requires a spell, and I would imagine your spell Dom should
1: be able to to stop s- the Soul Scream breach from happening. I also never want to write off the ability of. Um, not not just a gore fist, but like fast, like destruction armies in general. Baseball
0: uh, raiders, uh, iron jaws, iron sons, um, right. gargans. Gargans, especially with the battle plan, they can be quite fast as well. I can get a turn one charge in a lot of battle plans.
1: Yes. So it's it's um, well, and specifically also those low drops. It's it's uh, so you build this army. This army is three drops. You can make it a two drop. There is no way to make a one drop Lumineth army. Whether that's good or bad is up to you the viewer at home uh this is this is a three drop list so you're lowering the amount of drops you have in in your army which increases the uh likelihood that you will be able to take first turn to turn on all of the 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 powers that techless has at his disposal namely his bubble of feel no pain and 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 so on um and also because you're in cr um, if you uh, do get that alpha strike sort of against you with the KO, uh, with the sniper, like I, um, I can, a KO K- armory can reliably say, turn one, I'm going to pick something on the other end of the table, doesn't matter where it is, it is dead. Yeah. And if they try and pick Techless, uh, you have the ability with the Aether Quartz and the command point for multiple Aether Quartz to say, um, against everything in this coming shooting phase, I am going to add either plus one or plus two to my armor save, which brings him to a two plus. It is better than nothing. It is we could open it in and material. In. Uh, but uh, no, if this was not yet. Because oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, This it, is it, just it, like I have yeah. I have only deployed my guys, and my opponent is now going before me. Um, once Teclus gets to go, he's generally all set, and then it becomes the plays that you get to make this is, this is more a defense against what someone's going to do before i get to move any of my models is is the, is the is the reason why you're taking the cr the eighth of courts sort of yeah, uh, yeah. of thing right there
0: similar to what you would do if you faced obr the the quicker you can get into obr's face and stop them from doing things like shield wall especially at the height of petrifix elite uh, the better chance you had at success so Um, you know, if I was against Lumineth, I want to get first turn. I especially want to get the charge off. So I think you're on the opposite side is how can I mitigate those risks? Um, and how do I protect tech, protect tech loss, especially with some very long range threats?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a question, um, in the chat about Lumineth versus Zinch. Um, uh, jury's still out. I've only played against Zeench once, and it was not a typical Zeench list. When people talk about Zeench online, they're talking about specific like configurations of all Zeench demons and all of the the, the tricks that Chainshows can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not had the opportunity to play against the demon heavy armies. Uh, the Zeench list I played against was Archaon in Guild of Summoners. I don't think that would be someone's first choice. It's definitely fun and interesting. Um, and that game ended in a draw because uh, we, we did not play a game where uh, we chose uh, secondary objectives as we're not in an event where secondary objectives might be chosen for us or we might be forced to. Um, we just tied on points. And in the core scenarios, if you tie on victory points, that's it. I, you're supposed to pick the auxiliaries, we did not. So uh, I would say it really depends on the builds that you're facing. Uh, I, think, you know, I think the one thing that you've got in your advantage, Martin, is that
0: uh, a lot of armies struggle to reach out and touch that Lord of Change, um, especially when you've got a big wall of true. You know, pink yeah, horrors or true, true horrors and you, you're kind of chaffed up and a lot of people have mortal wounds to, to... Their spells would be their long-range threats. With you guys having those sentinels, if you could buff up those sentinels, get a whole bunch of just go for those mortal wound sixes, you could pull down the Lord of Change or Lord of Change uh a lot easier and then hopefully with your spells maybe chip chip those last wounds off but um yeah. i think you've got the tools but it certainly play i think maybe the other list was a little bit better because you had more sentinels than this one because you're not really taking it because techless probably won't play until the late game
1: yeah he, he does um one of the things that made high elves and I, and I do mean High Elves, like in Fantasy Iconic, was their ability to have access to all of the spells, including the mega damage spells, which I think Games Workshop has made pretty clear they don't want having to do in the game at all anymore. So mm. um, when you remove that from what made High Elves High Elves, you are left with um, almost pure utility pieces where your characters aren't really there to do damage. They are there to support and augment what your units can do and what enemy units can do in terms of their stats. Um, so your, your main ways of doing damage in this army, um, if you are not being charged into your walls of spears, are reaching out with your archers from, from behind, preferably a big wall, so they can just ignore line of sight and say, ha ha, ha ha, I'm going to shoot you, um, picking off those characters. And using your dawn riders to go after critical targets, particularly horde units, um, dawn riders would be a good a good um, answer to those horror blobs. because it's, um, because of uh, like even pinks do pinks only have one wound right they don't have two wounds yeah, yeah no they're
0: all, all, all they're all um, they're all, one all right wound. so
1: I'm getting I'm getting um, the thing the thing about dawn riders is is um, because you have the ability to fish for mortal wounds in the same way that spears and archers do you don't always need to be on the charge. And if you're fighting horrors, you're always going to get plus two attacks on every model. And if you have power of Heish on, that's 15 attacks out of five guys um, that are fishing for those mortal wounds. And then all of the horses. So it is a reasonably efficient way of chewing through all of those horrors. It's a lot of horrors.
0: The problem would be is that uh, with with those types of lists right now, um they're more towards flamers and they're more towards uh like your salamanders in seraphon as well so uh being able to like teleport get within nine inches being able to burn an eight with their ren 2 d3 mortal wound type type damage um that could burn an eight without being in combat so uh, and then the movement shenanigans and things. So obviously, you know, we talk about like every army has its strengths. Every army has a weakness. I think that's where we currently, in this is a paper rock meta as people have called it. There's no one golden list that rules them all, but know that you've got some hard counters. KO can drop down and shoot you in seconds. You've got the movement shenanigans of change host, Ser- seraphon's, uh, coalesced, um, there's a whole, there's, there's some things that you need to watch out for.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, cool. uh, I, 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 well, so, and just to summarize that list, it wins by um, using the tools that Techless has at his disposal, combined with key, key uh, uses of your limited spearmen and archers um, to do a damage exactly as you, like, it, it has little room for error, but it does a lot of things that the Zytrek list cannot do. Um, I I enjoy the Zytrek list because it has that nice, well-rounded toolbox of everything, and I feel like the more I play it, the more I'll understand what I can do um, once we get back to a competitive event environment, and that's that's what I want. I'm I'm not necessarily out to um, get to the top tables. I want to go to an event and know that I will reason I will do reasonably well. Uh, regardless of my matchups. That's, yeah,
0: yeah I, I think when I look at Lumineth, I don't know if it has all of the tools to be going 5-0. and o. Obviously, it can go 5-0 and o if you're a yeah. good player, you practice, you've got a, a well tuned matchup. Dependent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's matchup-dependent, but you are a very hard gatekeeper, much like KO is a very hard gatekeeper for anyone who wants to go to the top. When I look at when I look at Lumineth, I think there's some really cool stuff. For me, I can't wait for Tyrion's forces to come and kind of create a full rounded force. But there's some really cool stuff here. Whether you want to go all the wardens and all the sentinels, like we're seeing in the UK, I can see why people are are uh, 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 taking you know 60 60 to 80 sentinels just to do an absolute block out the sun with just sheer amount of mortal wounds from from range uh i can see a place for dawn rider builds and just having a a tempest eye or a, a murder pony version and just having all the dawn riders a super fast force um i can see uses for techless and a techless force like you've done but i can also see an argument for not having techless and whether it's through the battle cattle or whether it's through something like you built in your first list, yeah, um, I think I think once we kind of get back into that competitive scene and we see what what people are doing, uh, a true meta, I think will 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 we'll start to get a better picture. Of,
1: and I think this is a great toolbox. I think you yeah, could it, you it is do it it, in, um, in a game. Is, frame. Th- there are holes, like uh, for better or worse, there is not a Avalonorm does not a universal hammer unit make um there is not a a sort of thing that you can just throw into an enemy unit and just say it's going to kill that unit elumineth don't have that they they have a toolbox with a bunch of scalpels and tanks in it it's it's it is what it is um and over time as they add um depending on whether or not they they change the allegiance abilities because we have all of these unknowns right now regardless of um just, just focusing on releases um when more broken realms books come about what is include what factions get touched and in what ways uh will change um the overall uh like environment of the game um if if or like yet we don't quite know what will happen uh, this summer like if there is a third edition because of everything that's been going on even though there is a pattern we can't say for sure that that's 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 happening
0: um, I was just thinking I was just thinking right like with broken robes coming we don't know who's going to get touched but I was just imagining I could imagine silver death being a royal pain in your backside if they're dropping down wildwoods everywhere and just forcing you to break your shining company like obviously yes your sentinels gonna block line of sight but on the caveat of manipulating the board and ruining it with terrain um you could even, you know, if I was IDK, you, your IDK boats could make it a tough time for you to get out of the blocks by putting those boats in your deployment zone. So I can see that terrain, for example, could, especially... Oh, yeah, in some yeah. areas terrain,
1: this, this is one of the few armies that's actually really impacted by how terrain is placed on the table. Um, you know, like when when, you, when you're when you choosing uh, your table side, it, it really does have a big impact because it changes where you can deploy um, because you can't deploy like um, uh, you're still breaking shining company, even if you're in vertical unicoherency. So if I'm standing like on a rock here and the, yeah, because they're not touching bases. Yeah. Does so mean, I, so have bring blue tack, I have to bring blue tack in like. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can actually, cause technically in the rules, models can stand on walls, which is fun. Um, yeah. That's it's,
0: I think the point that I wanted to make here as we start wrapping this up and kind of bringing these final thoughts is is positional play and thinking about some of the things to watch out for. And, and, and you know, terrain is definitely going to be a factor if I think about especially, like, reducing the shining company's ability on the wardens. Uh, any way that I can do that is, uh, is is good news for me, bad news for you. Um because like once I start breaking that shining company, once I start, once I start through breaking through, because it reminds me of when I played Cities with my Phoenix Guard. Once you broke through the Phoenix Guard, I had a juicy center of wizards that uh, would just collapse. My my Hollow Heart wizards would just collapse. You'd have a Huracanum, you would have uh, a bunch of little wizards in the back line, and it'd be game over. The longer those Phoenix Guard held out the longer I was in the game with my Hallow Heart. And this is probably no different, uh, just a different type of build. So the the longer you can longer you keep those sentinels up. I know some people, I don't know if this, I know in early days there was some math. Can can your can wardens cast endless spells?
1: Um everyone can cast endless spells.
0: So you could, for example, have a big block of wardens and then cast cogs and Reroll those saves if you slow down time
1: and uh, that, that's part of the con yeah that's part of the conflict um okay. so, yeah, like i um, i worked with a few people like to try and get as much data as possible because we sent an faq again it didn't get touched in the faq for lumines and we're hoping that it gets touched in the faq for winter the um there are conflicts like because um the unit champion is a wizard. In a unit that is not a wizard, the keyword like you're, when you are applying a keyword to an individual model, it, yeah. it is no longer clear on what happens. And so rules as written, uh, because of how attacking works. Uh, so yeah,
0: the wizard be- in the unit would get the reroll saves, but the rest of the no. unit
1: would. No, actually, the unit does because, um, and this this is this is just where it gets silly. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. uh Let's not not go down this
0: rabbit hole. I think the point is, there's some clarity, guys, that's coming. There's a few things that need to be clarified. That is one of many examples that need to be clarified. So uh, take what we've said towards the end with a grain of salt. Things may change. Just like everything, things may change at some point. But uh, I don't think there's a lot of stuff that needs FAQing. There's just a little bit of grey that our tournament organisers or uh our, our lords and saviors games workshop need to address uh to help us have better experiences that are easier uh and more fun for all yeah.
1: and it, it while it would be nice it's like i i would say that these things are easily resolved like if you are playing your 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 basement games your tts games your or just like garden hammer um as uh, cuz i know down down under it's it's perfectly nice out when it's not like heat waves and stuff so garden hammer is definitely a thing um, there are common sense remedies to a lot of the issues that are currently in the LRL book. And if you and your opponent agree, it's like common sense says this is what should happen. And that's what you do. It's, there's it's, no,
0: this is not Magic the Gathering. There's no million dollar prize pool for playing back, Backyard Warhammer. So uh, just have fun. Roll some dice. Is there any other things that you want to share at this point that we haven't discussed? I think um, it's been very insightful to see how your thinking as an LRL player has evolved since the battle Tome was released, since models have been on the table. And we haven't because I remember seeing from proxies and people putting you know empty bases and that doesn't really always tell the story. It's good, but uh is it doesn't tell all the story. But is there anything else that you've learned in you know your 30 odd games of experience? I know you've changed your list a few times. Yeah. Um things that maybe um, we haven't touched just yet through your two lists.
1: Yeah. Um I would like to try well first of all getting more games in is 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 the goal and whether i uh and i i look forward to a time where that is an easier thing to um to to do like getting getting in person games uh so always more data is needed more practice i enjoy playing them uh i would like to try and dip into the the geometric builds with the stone guard and seeing what they can do and understanding where uh where they win games, I can see where they take damage because they, they do take damage reliably well with like the ignoring rend and stuff like that and re-rolling saves. But I'd like to see where where um where that win condition is is for this for this list. Uh, for I'm sorry that type of build. Um, I'd also like the opportunity to play against more order armies um, as the as we saw in the peak at my data. I have got I have a glut of chaos, death and destruction. Uh, but I've only played against two order armies, and not not ones that are tend to be a little bit infamous on the internet. And I'd like to see what I do, uh, what 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 happens in those matchups, and just learn from them. So when I go to an event, I'm not stumbling my way through my first game with Fire Slayers, my first game with IDK. Um, yeah, I think, I think the only person I, I I can only I can count on one hand the the amount of people I know. In with like a hundred miles drive of me that own Ida Net Deepkin armies, and so I'd like to try and just get that experience.
0: I, I imagine if you play against order, uh, because you've played so much death, you've played so much chaos, there's a lot of high bravery. So some of these bravery bombs or be able to reduce bravery hasn't yielded as much damage as if you were to do that on. Uh, cities of Sigma, for example, which is very popular in the meta, um, yeah. being able to force someone to use two command points instead of others. Um, armies like Gits, for example, are awesome at CP generation. Uh, and some cities of Sigma are very good at CP generation, but not most. Most armies do not have the CP generation to be able to throw out Inspiring Presence easily and spend two CP for it. So I think you could play the Battle shop test really well. And it might actually even lead into bringing in two of the the Forbidden Power endless spells that are debuffing Bravery as well, like the, is it the Holocaust and um, some, some Bravery debuffing um, oh, endless yeah, spells? Uh,
1: yeah, Yeah, um, I, w- I was just pulling up a War Scroll for, for the chat. Um, because we did get some DLC this Christmas holiday in the form of Miari's Light Colors, um, which is a Eumetrica, partisan sort of um, wizard and his retinue. Yeah, the, uh, to... the Warcry Warband. Yeah, uh, yeah, Underworlds.
0: Underworlds, Underworlds. That's yeah. Uh, Lumineth,
1: Lumineth, did get uh, w- uh, rules for Warcry in their White Dwarf, that the accompanying White Dwarf. Um, I have only played Warcry exactly four times, uh, so I cannot really comment on how so it yeah uh so so how how does they uh they have a spell um uh, he has a spell casting value of six is successfully cast into your next hero phase subtract one from hit rolls that target the caster and subtract one from hit rolls that attacks midway whistle weapons that target other friendly units wholly within six inches of the caster i've seen some diagrams on facebook about how you can fit a unit of 20 archers around him to make sure that they get an additional minus one um the unit and him is two hundred and twenty points. Uh, solid six and a half out of ten.
0: Okay, okay. I look forward uh, to seeing that list, Tech.
1: Yeah, um, as I, I, I just I universally tell people that it's like uh, don't let the war scrolls stop you from buying the models. Um, I see Underworlds as AOS and HD. We already get great models. Your army gets even better models. Uh, for for like in, in a nice little box and feel free to spread them around as proxies or alternate sculpts of versions of existing things We I've, I've just done that with my dok
0: and um yeah 100 100 and martin i'm going to end the show because i've got the perfect comment to bring us home uh and i'm gonna i'm maybe gonna bring it up on the screen here and as nick's saying is what i'm saying is that gets beat irl every time Yes, as a Gitz player, I can 100% confirm that your uh, greatest enemy is the mighty Gits. But, Martin, you are massive on Twitter. You are accessible on Instagram. Uh, I do have your Twitter handle below. If you love looking at some amazingly painted, Martin is an awesome painter, uh, very good with his armies on, on, on parade display boards as well. So if you want an overall hobby hero, I would highly recommend uh reaching out, following Martin. But is there anything you want to kind of bring us home with? Any shout-outs, any thank yous,
1: any uh people want to chat to you more, where can they find you type of things? Yeah, as you said, the Twitter and Instagram. I believe my Instagram is in the tw- like in my Twitter bio and stuff like that. Um, I will be one of my new year's resolutions is to make at least uh one YouTube video talking about Lumineth in 2021. Um, how I made the army, and like all, because I've I've not been quiet about it on Twitter. And today I previewed some concept art, which is going into some bigger projects related to my Luminef. Um, uh, on um, you can go find that there. Uh, so yeah, I look forward to creating something finally for the YouTube space. Um, I'm I'm sure it will be baby steps, uh, but that's how everyone starts somewhere. Uh, so yeah, that, that's about
0: it. No, and uh, I'll, I'll bring this last comment up. It says, Martin Orlando is an epic painter. So that is how we're going to close out the show because I 100% agree. Martin, thank you for spending over two hours with us talking through Lumineth Realm Lords, how you're looking at the army, how you're looking at the rules. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed the video. I hope you learned a few things. And don't forget, there is two other episodes, one with Lee and Burnett Blue, one with Hayden Walker, where we talked Lumineth. So between those three episodes... You have a lot of great content where it talks about how competitive players are looking at their list. So, Martin, thank you very much. Thanks for having we'll chat me. chat again soon. Yeah. Mate, how good was that video? Surely it's going to go straight to the pool room. If you enjoyed that video, I would appreciate it if you crushed that like button. And if you have an opinion, leave it in the comment section. That lets YouTube know it's a great video and it should share it with other Age of Sigma players. Cheers to all the bloody legends here on the screen who have financially supported AOS Coach on Patreon on YouTube members. Their contributions have helped me improve the quality, frequency, and the variety of content on this channel. So cheers guys, you are bloody legends. Until the next video, don't forget to shoot the heroes and
1: have a good one.